Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. It's been a while, but welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. Uh, this is the show where we talk about uh, older games and review them and play them so that you don't have to. But if you feel like it, uh, you can definitely go back to it if we talk about a good game. Or if we talk about a shitty game, uh, you can know, hey, I definitely am not going to play that. <laughs> um, and uh, if you listen to the episodes where I pick games, apparently that's almost all of them. So uh, I'm just... Just doing my my part to make sure that nobody plays shitty games, I guess. Well, I guess I picked uh, I picked one this time. <laughs> well, according to all the like the reviews and stuff, it's got pretty high reviews, and you liked it. I just uh, I guess I have a stick in my ass about it. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, person talking is Kevin, aka Kujo. So how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. We're doing a weird recording time like normal. <laughs> so- yeah. I'll be on day shift next year. I, I I'm hoping so that should kind of rectify some of the weird like recording requirements. I guess. I don't think it's ever but, gonna be normal because like we live in three different time. Well, not three, but two different time zones. And yeah. And then Travis has always like got a weird schedule. I got like a closing schedule and I have an opening schedule. So it just depends when it's hard to get us all lined up. But it's easier with two people because we can. I can just like, like you couldn't do it later, or I couldn't do it earlier, and then my alarm went off for work, which I didn't have to go to work today, and I was like, "Oh, you up?" <laughs> so it's definitely easier to make concessions when there's two people yeah. because, like, sometimes you'll be like, "Hey, can you record?" I'm like, "Fuck, all right, I'll cut, I guess I'll cut my sleep down a little bit. I only get like five hours sleep today, but no big deal. So I'll wake up, we'll do the recording, and then go on with my day, and then sometimes." Like, for me, it's like, I'm like, hey, I can't really record until later. And you're like, oh, well, uh, my girlfriend's going to sleep, so I'll stay up a little bit longer and stuff. And yeah. Whereas but if it's Travis, he's like, I'm not doing this. I got my kids. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it's different when you have kids, bro. <laughs> Whatever. It's harder. But yeah. Uh, it's just easier for me, like, when Amy goes to bed because I don't feel guilty, like, because we don't see each other at a lot anyways. So it's like taking time away from that. So if she's already in bed, then... I'd rather just stay up late. I'm going to stay up late playing games anyway, so... Yeah, I definitely... I can relate to that because I see Nicole, like, three days a week, maybe, for, like, four hours a day. So sometimes the recording times are like, hey, can you record this time? And I'm like, that's literally the only time I get to spend with her. But 
I'll talk to her about it and see what if she's okay with that. And sometimes she is, sometimes she's not. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and so it's not like a huge deal, but. <clears throat> Oh, well, uh, I guess if you've read the title of this episode, you'll know that we're going to be talking about Suikoden Tactics, or uh, Repsodia, as it's known in Japan. And um, this game is a kind of sequel to Suikoden 4, uh, and I say that because it has some uh, parts of the game where it takes place before Suikoden 4, and then during Suikoden 4, and then after Suikoden 4. So That's the awesome. more... The, majority of the game is after Suikoden 4, but there's kind of yeah. like some like pre-lore plot narrative shit going on. Yeah, basically the pre-stuff is like how, was it Bardo or whatever his name is, gets the... Uh, like Brando? Brando. <clears throat> Brando gets the rune uh, from Suikoden. In Suikoden 4, he's that pirate that you you get the rune for from. So well, I guess you get, uh, he gets to the Glen, and then Glen gives it to you. Yeah. Te- technically, but yeah. <laughs> He's the guy you kill I for mean, it. Glenn lasts like one scene before he dies. <laughs> so. Yeah. And they, do they, so did they ever explain, I guess they don't explain that here, like how uh, the hero character from Suikoden 4 was able to tolerate the runes so long. Like, is it, it's kind of like enough to. Well, I think what the. I mean, they. If you kind of look into it a little bit more, like you deep dive on it, like. Uh, the hero from four, uh, Laszlo, right? Is his name? Yeah. Te- I, technically, none of the Suikoden heroes have names, but then like they have. Um... Well, I guess did they give him a name in this one, or did they just use the one from your your save? I guess they used the one from your yeah, save. Yeah, use the one from your save. So he he's he's just hero. If I think if you don't name him, I guess. But yeah, like they have. Um, I guess they have like manga in Japan, and then like I guess like art books or something where they they name the characters. So they technically have names, but it's not like official because it's not in the games right yes but anyways he's like the long lost son of uh obol's uh king okay. uh what which is uh lino right yeah lino and Kuldes. so lino like his wife and son like got lost at sea or something and so like the punishment rune this is a punishment rune right uh yeah yeah the punishment rune is like based in uh obel right if you read the the lore like it was in that temple yeah and it gets stolen or something and that's where all this progresses and then eventually it gets back to uh laszlo and i think that's i think that's what they're trying to say is because he's from that that country and that's where that runes from that he can tolerate at least in my head that's how it works out <laughs> maybe i'm like that, that kind of makes sense, but like nobody in the like none of the royalty was wearing the rune at the same time, so it's. I think the, the way I took it was like somebody had it, and then they decided that that's where they were gonna like hide and like let themselves die, so that it didn't spread to anybody else. Right. And it just happened to be on the kingdom of Opal's area, and I guess the queen found it when they were exploring the runes, and she took it to defend or to, 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 she got it for some reason, and then they were attacked on the boat. And I guess it was like she died using the power of the rune, and it went to um, that pirate, Graham. I think his name was Graham. Somebody like the bad guy, and then he, who chopped his arm off or something. No, yeah, with the somebody, and then the, that somebody went up back to Kuluk, and 
I guess Graham fought him, and then he got the rune, and he didn't want it, and so he cut his arm off, and it went to his kid, and his kid died, and he's like, oh, I, w- I want the rune back now, but it had already went to other people, right. and it's kind of weird. Like, I guess my perspective on it is if you have, like, a strong willpower or something, it, you can probably last longer if you're better at dealing with the guilt or something, because, like, every time as the hero character you went and you upgraded the rune, you went to, like, this inner dimension thing. Mm-hmm. And you like you killed the ghost of somebody who had it before, so it's not really like it's the most awkwardly explained rune in the whole <laughs> series because like the rune of uh, the soul eater in the first one that's really easy. If somebody you're close to dies, their soul gets eaten by the soul eater and it gets powered up. And then uh, the sword and shield rune uh, are two halves of uh, this one great rune that got split because it's got like the two personalities to it or whatever like one is aggressive the other is defensive and so the people that inherit it those two halves of the runes have like the different pers- like the personality leanings like Joey Jowie is more like a go-getter aggressive kind of guy and then Rio is more like uh, I'll kind of take things as it comes and not really react too much so their two rune halves kind of make sense and then, like, the runes in Suikoden 3 are just elementals, so you have, like, the true lightning, true earth, true fire, true wind, true water, and that's, that explains what they do. They just ha- have all the power of those elements in those particular runes. And then you got the rune of punishment, where it's kind of like, oh, there's, like, a forgiveness phase, maybe, possibly, and then otherwise it just, like, eats you if you use it. Okay. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, the writing for Sequel 4 obviously wasn't great, so that's kind of... Yeah. That's kind of... They're trying to make a... They're polishing their turd in this one, basically, is what this game is. It's like, we know... Either, like, this is this is the story that was supposed to be in 4, they ran out of time, so, like, hey, Sequel 4 actually did decent, here's some more money to make another game, or this is planned the whole time. I don't know. Either way, it's stupid, but... Yeah. What The problem is, I think they killed... Suikoden with Suikoden 4, like, it might have sold a lot more than 5, but then people are like, I'm not playing another Suikoden game after this. Like, yeah, this game sucked. And so when 5 came out, and it was superior in every metric to, like, 3 and 4, and tactics, Yeah, nobody wanted to give it a chance because they're like, oh, I remember playing Suikoden 4. Even if it got, like, high reviews, and it's like, it's even better than, I would say it's better than Suikoden 1. It's like... Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's not, in my opinion, it's not as good as 2, because 2 is, like, phenomenal yeah. it like pushes all the red buttons i guess it's a lot of like heavy nostalgia there too but five is a a mag- i guess i would say it's a mag- masterpiece in its own right and right. then it's just a shame that the it's dead yeah well that's the reason i picked tactics because i because i wanted like to play all i, I can i guess i kind of consider this like a main game of the series because it's got you know four uh characters and everything in it yeah, I've never played it, and I was like, I want to at least do this. So before we do five, because we're gonna probably do five soon, sooner or later. But uh, I just wanted to get this out of the way, I guess. And uh, just looking at the back of this uh, instruction book of tactics, there's an ad for Sequestin Five. So it, I think I don't know if they like had like not enough time for four, and they were planning on five a lot longer. You know, because it's like. Or they're doing them all at the same time. I don't know. Or they're using four to buy time. This kind of stuff I wish I could find out, but there's probably like no information 
at least in English about it, you could find. Yeah. Well, to my knowledge, like they had the guy that created Suikoden working a little bit on Suikoden three, and then there was whatever happened, and he got he was removed from the project or he left. So this was the first time that they made a Suikoden game, or Suikoden four was the first time they made one without any input from like the guy who knows all the lore and shit. Yeah. So they're like they all they have is notes from him possibly like laying around, and so like maybe they're like uh nobody trusted themselves enough to actually try to work around like the whole era that he was like they were all the other games take place in like because it's like they all take place in like, the same like 20 year span so they're like uh let's do a prequel game or something right and then that way it doesn't matter if the story doesn't make any fucking sense because it's not connected right to anything else right so they did that and then it sold i guess it sold well and they're like well a lot of reviewers were like, the story doesn't make any sense. Like, what the fuck's going on? Right. So maybe we'll have somebody who knows how to write a story kind of work with what we got on 4, and we'll do, like, a side game so that people can stop complaining that there's no story for this. And so they made this. And in Japan, they didn't even call it Genesis Weekend, and it's called Rhapsodia. So it's like... Almost like they didn't have faith in the Suikoden moniker to carry this title, I right. guess. Or maybe they wanted to differentiate it from that. I don't really know. Um, but they put this out, and apparently it got good reviews. And <laughs> I bought it, and I didn't, I didn't like it. So I never uh, finished the game. Um, so I don't really know how the story goes, but I guess it's, it's way better than 4. Which is, I mean, it's not like, like that's not like an Olympic fucking metal... Yeah. level right. of like effort you have to put in even to be better than four play it's probably better than four you know what i mean where they explain the backstory and stuff so yeah well yeah like the first like what two hours of this game you get more plot than you got in four essentially it's <laughs> yeah. like holy shit right. like i didn't think it was possible but it, it definitely is yeah um yeah i mean i guess that's stuff i guess beating around the bush uh if you're new here um, the way we kind of do things is we rate, I think it's, I can never remember, six categories. We got gameplay, story, visuals, music, and voice acting overall, and then uh, replayability slash extra content. Uh, and we rate on a scale from one to five, and we allow half scores because uh, I do whatever the fuck I want. And I said we're doing half scores one day, and so we've been doing half scores ever since. Um, so we'll start off with gameplay. And I guess I'll, uh, before we get into this, uh, I know I said just a little bit ago that when I bought this, I barely played it. Uh, so when I bought this, when it came out, whatever year it was, was it like 2016 or 2006 or something? Let's see. 2005. 2005. Okay, that was kind of close. Um, I played it for like five and a half hours, and I never played it again until uh, Kevin was like, hey, we're p I'm picking this for the show. So I played it a little bit longer this time. I think I got like nine hours in. I got to like LL Fort or Kaluk or something. I can't really remember. It's been, like a it's been a couple in. weeks. Yeah, you got like a third in the game. Um, so I made it further, but I still was not super interested in the game. Like I have like this loathing for it. <laughs> I guess like maybe I'll maybe I'll finish it one day. I'll probably won't. Who knows? So I take my opinion with a grain of salt uh because kevin's the one that actually played it and finished it so uh he'll probably be doing most of the conversation anyway so that being said uh gameplay um so this is a 
a departure from all the other Swigna games in that it's a uh, grid-based strategy game. It's similar to like uh, Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy Tactics and like Tactics Ogre. And it's got uh, like an isometric view, but you can change the camera to like bird's eye view and stuff like that, or uh, bring it out, bring it in. And I think you can rotate. Yeah. But I can't remember. You can rotate. Um, and so the way it works is like you've got your characters on one side of the field, the enemy characters on the other side of the field. Usually there are um, the things in the way, like obstacles in the way on the grid where you have to, in this particular game, you've got like boxes and barrels and shit you can destroy or you can just walk around them. It'll take longer to do that. Um, There's different typically levels. A... What's that? There's also like different levels, like, you know, you're not all... Like elevations? Yeah, elevations. You're not all on flat ground, so um, if you have like an archer or a mage, they can attack, you know, up above you or below you, depending on uh, elevations and stuff, so there are some strategies you can use doing that as well. Depending on the map you're on. So. Yeah, so this I've never really, I just never really tried, I obviously didn't get that far, and I don't think I use Seneca that much, but do you know if you're on a higher elevation, you get a range increase like you would in, like, tactics, or if you're on a lower elevation, you can't shoot that high up, or does it not matter? Uh, it doesn't matter, as long as your squares, like, like, the where the square is lights up, you can hit them, even if it doesn't make sense, you know? Okay. Like, you can, you basically... Oh, so, like, you, like, shoot through stuff or whatever? Yeah, you can shoot through, like, rock or whatever, if it's, like... I don't know how they shoot through that cliff, but they do. Okay, <laughs> makes uh, sense then. But uh, but yeah, the and then the magic obviously you can just do that from wherever. So yeah, there are parts in the game where you can have like Seneca kind of like go up on a higher ledge where she's not going to get attacked by uh, regular you know melee attack guys. But sometimes then they'll just throw like their uh, their element down. They'll hurt you that way. <laughs> So, okay. Which I guess is the next thing. Um, I guess the unique thing with the gameplay. Um, you play more tactics games than me, but I don't know. Is there another game that has like this kind of like elemental system, where like? Um. So like the the Sky games have a geo sphere thing or something. I can't remember the, exactly what it's called. It's like geo something. Uh. But the way that that works in that game is you have these uh like lit up. Uh, tiles on the field and you can throw a geo stone in there and each of the geo stones has a different um like ability it's not like an element mm -hmm. but like uh it'll be like uh like a pretty much like a poison effect like every t every time a character uh, ends their turn on this uh on one of these tiles that are that are lit up green they'll lose 10 percent of their hp or if they're on a tile that's blue then they get uh they deal double damage or if they're on a tile that's like pink or whatever the fuck um then like the, if you kill an enemy you get double experience and you can stack the stones in one color so that you get all the effects on, on one color and then all the other colors don't have any effects because they don't have a stone in them so that's the only other game i think maybe hoshigami but it's been a long time since i played hoshigami okay so uh, but i think is... that also might have a element thing but I, like I said, it's been a long time, and I'm probably just making that up. But uh, so, I yeah, think it's... other than that, other than this guy, this is the only one that has like on-field effects. Right. So, water, lightning, earth, wind, uh, fire, 
are like the main elements and each character is like has has a affinity to one of these elements um so if you are a fire element and you, you can like make the ground you know the element on the ground fire so there's like a spell if you use a spell it'll make the ground change elements or there's like little like containers basically you throw on the ground that can do that as well um i think there's a spell that actually just does the element change too but if you use an elemental attack it'll change the ground but um so if you're fire element and you cast a spell uh when the ground's you know red for fire it increases the attack so and each uh element has a weakness so uh if you're on the element that's weak to it and someone use and you're weak to it and then someone uses that attack on you it basically kills you because it's so powerful so it's kind of it's it's fun to like uh you can look at the characters and see what their weaknesses are uh and then kind of try to get uh, a magic user to you know use their magic on them to take them out because the magic uh the users of magic have a lot more range but they're all you know really squishy so they can get killed Besides Andrick, because Andrick can take some hits. Um, so he's basically the best mage in the game. I think you can get like other ones, but by the time you get other uh, mages, I, don't, I was too invested in Andark already, so I didn't feel like building anyone else up. Okay. Um, but yeah, the that's basically like how battles work. Um, there's also a couple mounts you can get in the game. Um, you get them like basically two thirds in, so you don't really have them long. Um, but there, there's some advantages to them. Like, uh, there's owl mounts and kangaroos, which basically is like a, a kangaroo <laughs> that you ride on. Um, but uh, the kangaroos make you like if you're riding it, you're uh, you can traverse a lot more. Uh, or you can go a lot farther. Your your range moves up, so you can get into attack farther, and your defense goes up, um, or evasion, depending on which one you you're using. But it changes your attack. Where if you're attack like one of those guys that attacks like three or four times, it's just one attack. So it kind of takes your attack down, unless you're one of those characters that only has like one or two attacks. It, it definitely is worth it if you're one of them. Um, so I had the one of the one of the characters. Uh, I can't. What's the guy that throws the knife? What's his name? He's in the in sequel in four as well. Uh, throws a knife. Is he like the ninja guy? Yeah. Uh, he, he's like the pirate. Pirate. Oh, Sigmund. Sigmund or something. So he he's pretty decent because he'll he really only attacks once or twice. I think you can get, but he has range, and then you get him on the king of corn, so you can go farther, and then attack increases and you use that so i used him for that oh um, sorry it's sigurd for anybody that's yes. gonna send a nasty email sigurd that's right sorry <laughs> um but yeah he's he's pretty good on that and then the giant owls i didn't really use them except for like you can always uh in battle you can like change to have a mount so you don't have to like go before the battle and have them you know so it's not okay. that's, that's kind of a nice thing and not all characters can use mounts either. I don't know why, how they determine who can or who can't, but some can't, or a lot of them can't. 
But uh, I think owls are more for mages, so you can fly around, and get higher, you know, to high ground, basically. So you can, like, uh, use your magic and not have to worry about getting melee attacked. Um, okay. But yeah, the, the the owls can fly and basically go to any elevation. So some of the maps where there's higher elevations, it's nice to you can use that to your advantage. But towards the end of the game, you're like in buildings and shit, so it doesn't really there's not really many ele- elevations when you're like storming the capital or whatever to get to the last of the rune cannons. Um, and then there's uh the the combined attacks or what they called. Uh, the United Attacks? United Attacks. So those will come back in this game as well. Um, you have to gain affinity with the characters, but basically by uh, in the in the battles, if you go next to someone that you could have affinity with, there's like a little talk option, and you can talk. Um, it uses up a uh, bat, like, um, so instead of attacking you with talk, you don't get to do both. Uh, and then you get affinity with them, and uh, some people just have affinity, and then some people get United Attacks. And the United Attacks are really, really nice, because they're super powerful. Um, like the hero from 4 and Kika have one that's really, really awesome, where it's like basically shooting like a wind attack, and then it turns all, all the tiles to wind, and then both of those characters are strong in wind, so uh, wh- whatever you don't take out, you go and you can go up onto those tiles and then heal yourself and um, also increase your attack. So yeah, the I don't know if I, I don't think I said that, but if you are on a tile that your uh, that is your affinity, you gain health after the turn, um, or vice versa. If you are weak to that and someone throws that uh, element down on the ground, you will lose uh, some hit points. So it's a it's a way of attacking. Um, let's see. There's also some characters that don't attack at all, and they're kind of like, I guess, more your gimmicky characters. Um, some just, like, buff you or debuff, uh, the, uh, enemy. I didn't really get into any of those ones. I didn't really use any of those ones. Um, and then there's one of them that gets, like, a treasure hunter. She's the one from Sequel 4. Remember her name, Nick? Uh, it's either Renee or R- Ren or oh yeah, it's R- like R R E N E. I don't know how to pronounce that, but yeah. So she's a a character that every map has like hidden weapon or not weapons, but like gear you can get or items, and some of them you can only get in that level. There's not you can't like buy them anywhere else, so. Uh, she basically has those divining rods and uh, she goes around and when she gets close to something that's a little sparkle will show up on the ground and she can dig there um, and she gets experience points for digging and everything but uh, but she is permadeath and so if she dies you can't you lose that so you kind of basically gotta have her in the back of your group if you want to get all the different uh, weapons and uh, gear and stuff I can't remember what else uh If you want to go into more like anything else, well, did you did you already talk about uh, like the restrictions between permadeath characters and not? Oh yeah, there's 
some characters that the story characters that do not have permadeath. Um, so basically, your main party, and then some of the characters from Sequel and Four that are still a part of the story, they can't die. And then the, all the other ones can die. Like, they'll just permadeath. But I did learn that's only in story uh, missions. If you're doing, like... <coughs> you can basically, um, after a certain point in the game, you can go hunting. So you can go to the back to the maps and, like, um, basically level up, you know, if you want to do some grinding. If they lose all their hit points there, they just withdraw. So you can hunt monsters and stuff. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, speaking of that kind of stuff, there's also, like, did you talk about the quests you can do? Nope. Um, so I believe there's, like, there's two versions of the quests, right? There's, like, ones that are actual stages that you go in and fight on, and then the other, other ones function similar to, like, uh, the propositions in Final Fantasy Tactics, where you send a character out, and then after, like, five days, they come back with something? Yep. That's that's basically what it is. Okay. Um, and I guess you were saying that there's also a specific, there's like two quest lines, like almost like two storylines within the quest system where it's Chipu's company versus the X and Y company. Yeah. Uh, and apparently if you do only Chipu stuff, you don't do the XY stuff, you get like the best, he opens up a shop that gives you the best items in the game or whatever, or some of the, some of the best items in the game and you get like special characters that you would not have otherwise gotten. Uh, you probably also get like some missions that you wouldn't have gotten where you, you like fight against the X and Y company, maybe I don't know. Like I said, I never played that far. Yeah, so um, there's a if you if you're doing these like uh, uh, these missions and stuff, eventually you'll run into this X and company. Uh, they're they're the ones that are like against Cheapo or trying to hurt Cheapo's business and stuff, and they're like going after the same like so you. Basically, like, you find these items, and then you give them the cheapo, and his, like, uh, his shop, like, will be able to sell that thing then. Or you can, like, do the opposite and, like, give it to the Xen company. Um, but if you do all the cheapo ones, uh, there's a mission where you go to Oval Ruins, and at the very bottom, you fight them again, like, for the last time, and then they'll join you. So it's kind of cool. And they're pretty, they're pretty decent characters. Uh, they're just called... They all have like unique base uh, portraits, but their names are like Mercenary Leader, Red Mercenary, Blue Mercenary, and then of course that's their affinity. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I guess we also talk about the uh, the way that character growth works. Oh, um, did you talk about rankings for the missions? Nope. Okay, so I guess just like you get, I don't know what you get, like a. Uh, S rank A, B, C, and D or something maybe. I don't know how low you can go. But um, for doing... You get a certain reward for doing uh, a certain rank uh, when you finish a stage. I guess it's only for storyline stages. Um, but if you manage to do an S rank, which has, I guess, pretty tight requirements that aren't specified anywhere, so you don't really know what the fuck you're supposed to do to get an S rank, Right. Uh, you get like a special item that's unique to that stage. Um, so I think like the first one's like a... Uh, Damn, what are these things called? Like a bust at the front of a ship uh, of like a creature. I can't, like sometimes it'll be mermaids, sometimes it'll be like narwhals or whatever. But like I can't remember what the hell they're called. But you get one of those things. I don't know what the fuck it does because I never got it. 
but I guess they function like an accessory, like you would equip them and you get certain buffs. Like I know, yeah, uh, one of the other, usually. the other stages, you get a, sh a shield from like steel, uh, steel shield. But like I didn't have any characters that could use shields yet, so I was like, that's whatever. Um, and then I think if you get an A rank, you get like a gold sigil or something. You get something you get uh, that gives you... you get like a gold medal, a silver medal, or like oh, a bronze medal. Okay. And they basically just give you one defense. So yeah, there's like the way it's... that's gonna give you some HP though, right? Uh, I guess I don't remember that, but uh, they give you one defense for sure, and then you can equip one of each of the um gold silver or bronze metal so you can get basically three more defense but then you'll limp so the way like your inventory works you only have like 10 slots or something like that and um you can get like your sword your weapon which it's just like all the sequencing games you don't get any other weapons it just upgrades and then eventually you can upgrade it so far and then you get like armor and then an accessory Basically, is all you, or maybe it's armor and I can't remember. What I think you get like you get a chest piece, uh, a hand piece. Yeah, body, hands. I think that's it, right? And then it's, yeah, your whole inventory list, which can be alternately like items, like consumables or accessories. Right, and so, uh, like if there's like a, a cape, you can't have two capes equipped, but you can have a cape and a ring equipped. So, and, like, you can have those three medals equipped. So the more unique things you have, you can have, like, I don't know, maybe it's four or five or six things eventually you can have equipped that will help your character out, which is kind of cool. But then you lose, like, item slots, too. So they take up, like, medicine or um, antitoxin or whatever else you might need. Um, but... I think it's more worth it. By the time you get to the end game, like your water uh, rune will have enough healing where you don't need it, the, the items anymore. So, and then and I guess speaking of runes, you get three slots as usual. Yep. Yeah, head, arm, or left arm and right arm, or hand or whatever. Yeah, but you don't get like the third one until wait, like basically the last couple stages. So it's mostly two for the whole game. Yeah, well, that's part for the course for speaking of games. Like I think even Endgame is in four. Like most, a lot of characters only had like two slots, unless you did the ninety nine glitch. Even then, some characters only had two slots at ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, so yeah, where were we at on that? What were we talking about? Lost the train. Uh, just inventory stuff. And I guess oh, before inventory. we move on, um, you also have uh, you can have either runes that give your character the ability to change the element of the field through the rune, or you can get beads, which allow them to change it through the use of the item. I'm not sure if you specified that before, but... Yeah. Uh, those are, I guess, as far as I know, the only two ways besides some unite attacks, and then I guess some special attacks to change the element. Yeah. And I felt like you're almost required to have a bunch of beads on each character that, that either match their element, or give or, or the element that, that would be advantageous for them to put on an enemy, or whatever, like... Yeah, you can do uh, that, but then there's a rune you can get. Um, there's like Rage Sword Orb or Flowing Sword Orb or whatever that you can get for your characters that do the same thing. So it's like a, like a spell, basically. Um, but it increases like your attack or something, whatever it does. Um, it's more, So that way you can have one of those orbs attached, 
So, and if you have like a Malaya character anyways, you don't really need like a spell rune because you're not really going to use it. So it's good to have one of those on. So basically, makes you, sense. you basically get everyone one of those. That's their affinity. So that way, if they're in a tight spot, you can use one of those to kind of basically throw it on the ground. You heal yourself, and also your defense goes up because you're on, you know, element that uh, is your your affinity. So that's kind of a good strategy I, I use a lot. And then, <clears throat> you know, you get your normal orbs, like all the Suicune games, fire, water, lightning, wind, earth. And then, like, your rage... Uh, well, I think you can find a couple rage one, one or two, like normal, like the upgraded of the, the basic orbs. Um, uh, yeah, so like instead of fire, it's rage, and then like water, it's flowing or whatever. Yeah. So you can find a couple of those in the, in the game. Um, then there's like the different attack orbs. Uh, like Kika has her orb, which does really, really good damage. So... Um, yeah, there's some characters that really outclass other ones, and especially with the United Attacks, uh, you basically you kind of, I feel like everyone would probably gravitate so, towards the same ones, like Kika, the hero. Snow's okay, um, but you really only want him for the snow and hero attack. And then, you know, your main three characters that you get, you know, you, you get so used to using them, and they're all, they're all pretty decent, you know, um... Because one's a mage, one's an archer, and then uh, Kiro's your your hero type character, and then Seneca is the archer, and then Andark is your mage, and he also can he's got high defense for a mage, so he can kind of take some attacks. But um, what else on gameplay do we got? Um, so the way that you navigate, like uh menus and or like towns and stuff it's just all menu based so there's no town exploration uh exploring the world map is uh like dot to dot we move through the dots to get to the different towns and areas and stuff like that um in regards to uh like character growth i guess we can talk about that um yeah you need a thousand experience points to level up and depending on how far below or far above the enemy characters you are, you'll get vastly differing amounts of experience. Like if you're like even two levels lower than an enemy, you'll get like 600 or something for killing them, or maybe even more. Uh, but like if you're two levels above them, you'll get like 50. So it's like it's uh, very difficult to overlevel, and it's very difficult to stay underleveled uh, to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. But if you try to, like, take some weak-ass characters, they will get one-shotted. So you kind of got to uh, be careful with that. Because, you know, you get some of those characters, like... That's, a, that's one of the things I hate about games sometimes. Like, you get new characters, and they're way under-level. They don't, like, scale with you, you know? Yeah, and they're almost like, what the hell's the point of this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you get Cloud and... Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. You're like, well, level one? Fuck that. And he has none of his weapons and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to really like how to fucking put the time into him to level him up. I'm sure there's a lot of people that did. Um, I don't think his job abilities are that good anyway. But <laughs> he's, he's a gimmick character, I guess, or a special... What are they called? Damn it. Um, 
Damn. Like, uh, fuck. What's the thing where, like, you have uh, somebody from outside, like, usually in films, where, like, we'll make a cameo, an appearance. Well, like, so, like, uh, it'll be, like, a character that makes an appearance. Like, uh, like in the Marvel movies, like, Stan Lee. A cameo. Yeah, you said that, didn't you? Yeah. All I heard was Mio, so I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Cameo character. Um, yeah, Marvel does it all the time. So. Um, let's see. I guess there's also some mini games you can do in this game. Uh, so aside from like the side quests, uh, there's uh, is that it? It's like are 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 there like uh, anything special you can do with some of the characters? Like I know like Rita is back and she was like the card game girl. Did she just have like a fight you do? That's it. Yeah, Rita's actually like the first like non-story character you get. So you use her. Um, pretty, pretty good amount in the first half of the game before you get some stronger characters. And she's just, yeah, okay. there's no, she doesn't have like her game or anything you play. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. But, uh, she, she's a decent, but, um, yeah, you get a couple more characters later on that I'll class her, so. Uh, All right. But like in the very beginning, there's like, there's only one character you have besides your main party and you're like, uh, I guess I'm using you. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like you got any new characters until like after you hit Oval, and you already you already do like eight, I don't know like eight or nine missions, but like combats before then. So I was like, when the hell am I gonna get more characters? And then they just throw a bunch at you. You're like, oh okay. Yeah, once you get the cool look, you start getting a lot of them, and you can get, do like recruiting them um, by doing all those side quests. Like some of them, you have to do the side quest to get them, or have a certain like rank you know that kind of normal sequel and stuff okay so um i guess the last thing we should talk about is like how the shops and stuff work uh and they're pretty much functionally the same as like suikoden 4 where like they have their normal listing of items you can buy you can sell stuff and then they'll have like special finds occasionally yeah um, i don't know how like I was reading some things and like I think you could just reload them until you get the the special things, but some like, I I try that a bunch of times and it just takes too long to like be efficient. I guess I didn't care that much because you can go. Rest. Yeah, I guess that's something we didn't talk about resting. Sometimes it has like it will have a story beat when you go rest, but I don't know what the point of it was. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it just uh, pushes the day forward. So, like, if you have oh. characters doing the quests... That's what it was for. Uh, to push the day forward. Yep, that makes sense. So, like, each, um, day, each day in the, the game is, like, a fire day or a wind day. I don't know how they determine that, but um, that affinity is stronger on that day. And then it changes, like, the final level of the oval dungeon. Or like some some characters you can only recruit on certain days, which is weird too, like the pirates and stuff. Okay. So there's like the four pirates that from the original game, you can get two on one certain day and two on a different day, uh, after a certain point of the game. So yeah, that, that does come into it. All right. Um, did we talk about the skills too much? We haven't talked about skills yet. Okay, um, so kind of like speaking of three, uh, they have the skill system. I don't think it was since four 
was it? No. Um, they have a bunch of different like skills you can get for your characters. You can only equip a certain amount, and they can, depending on the character, be ranked from like, was it E to S plus or something? I think. And they all do different stuff. Like one makes your characters attack more. There's one that certain characters can have that let you move after attacking. Because normally when you move, and as soon as you attack, it turns over, kind of. Yeah. Um, so that's a useful ability. So you can like have somebody move to a better position, do an attack, like a ranged character, and then like move backwards. Um, and my only problem is they don't really give you a good description of like exactly what you get from upgrading them sometimes and you're also capped on ranks until you recruit more characters so even if you have a, a bunch of sp for leveling up an ability if you haven't recruited enough characters you can't level it up yeah and you have to equip one to see. oh also i think they're tied into whether or not a character can use spells or not right like uh you have to have like the yes so yeah if you want to use fire, you have to have the fire magic, or the fire magic skill, or lightning skill, or whatever it is. Unless you have like the true rune, there's not one for like the punishment rune or whatever. He just can use it. Um, but yeah, it's like counterattack, critical attack, parry, battle lust, uh, and uh, you want to. There's like some you want to have like um, battle lust. Like that's the one of the more important ones because that increases the number of attacks your character has. So like basically every melee melee character has to have like you have to have battle lust because like the hero from, <laughs> hero from the first game or from four has like attack like attacks four or five times like at the end of the game. So you want to max that out. Um, you want to max like dodge and like parry for your me melee characters so that way. Um, they take less damage so you can i think you get like five or six towards the end of the game but like almost everyone has parry battle lust uh and dodge and then you can go like if you're a mage character you might want to have uh, hidden power so you can like maybe recover when you die or if you're an archer it's like uh bullseye because it increases accuracy and maybe critical hit that kind of stuff so you just kind of mess around with that but basically you want to have battle list for everyone <laughs> that's for sure all right and as you like so like battle us for example like as you rank it up it gets more powerful or you get more attacks so you would definitely like, so like the first time you have battle lust, you get two attacks then it can go up to like four or five so yeah it's it's definitely useful and then, like, uh, the support characters, um, like Ren, uh, the treasure hunter skill, it makes the, the, so, like, when you're trying to find all those treasures and stuff, uh, it makes the range that she can find them a lot, a lot bigger, so you definitely have that built up. Um, and you have to use, like, points you get in battle. I think after every battle, you get so many, like, skill points. Uh, so you, you have to kind of, like, uh... You want to use them for your main characters first, obviously, and then kind of say. I always just saved them up for. I never use them on on any characters I didn't use, so I always had a, like a abundance of it. So I didn't. So whenever I, there's like story beats when you can update it from, 
rank C to B to A to S. You can't just do it all at once. Like you, you max out at like B for a lot of the stuff for until like you know a certain part or a certain point in the game. Did I don't know if you had even messed with any of that? Did you? Uh, no, I don't think I got far enough. Yeah. So that I, I definitely like totally forgot all about that. Um. But uh. Yeah, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six characters that are like that don't attack, that only have like these like support skills. Um, I never used them like I was saying earlier. Like besides Ren with the treasure hunt skill, uh, Cedric's got like uh, basically I don't know what he does. It says it increases his range of movement. Like he can go really far. I, I guess he can run around the, the the stage and get all the treasure chests. Each stage has like some treasure chests you can get, but they're like kind of a pain to get to sometimes. Uh, the, okay. The Gary character, like, is it? He's a buffer. He basically um, has this backup skill. I think it increases attack and defense. The U, uh, YU character, um, he's back and he heals. Carry heals, and then the Noah character steals. So, but they don't attack. So like they're. You know, they kind of suck. <laughs> you don't really. Yeah, it sounds worthless. Yeah, you don't really need them. Like, and I don't know what you can. Maybe there's a couple characters you want to have that can steal from, but I don't. I don't really remember ever doing it. So. Um, well, it's like that's a trade-off you got to make. Like, do I have this character here who can't do anything else but steal from enemies who may not have anything worth stealing? Or do I want a character that can actually help me win? Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Um, I think that's about it for gameplay. Anything else you want to remember? Um, I think we're pretty like thorough with it. Uh, do you want to do like your likes and dislikes? Um, I actually like the game play. Uh, I haven't. I don't play uh, tactics games as much as you do, so I don't have as. Uh, I don't know, much to draw from. Like, I had fun with it, and I enjoyed, like, figuring out the tactics with the, the elements and everything, and, like, having your mage character, like, you know, trying to figure out which characters I wanted to use, and then once you finally get your crew together, it's, like, it feels good, like, winning, because you, you're, I don't know, you're using your crew that you developed, so I had a, I had a pretty decent time with it. Um, you know, there's a, some annoying things like they'll, you know, they'll all gain one character and then they'll, they'll permadeath and then you have to reset. So towards the end of the game, though, you can use most of your characters that don't have permadeath. Um, so most of the good ones don't really, you don't have to worry about, but I don't know. I, I really had a good time with it. Oh, well, you okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, I played like 10 hours, and, uh, <laughs> I didn't particularly enjoy the game very much, obviously. Um, I guess if I were to give it some things I liked, um, I appreciated not having to ride the boat around, like the ship around the water sea area anymore. That was nice. <laughs> um... 
<laughs> well, no, it's no, what sucked though is when you had to go to um, do all those like side quest missions. It's all in that one town. You have to go all the way fucking back there. Oh, Middleport or whatever, right? Yeah, go all the way to Middleport every time. So, like, after the first half of the game, you're in Kuluk the whole time, which you go from boat to just walking on land. Um, you have, if you're all the way at the top, you have to go all the way back down to get more missions, like after like a story beat or whatever. So, I didn't, awesome. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I mean, it's not like long or anything. It's just kind of a more of a annoyance. So. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess that's all I really got for likes. <laughs> I mean, it felt like uh, so when I was in combat, like so. First off, I don't really like games where like the menu is uh, like navigational element is just uh, going through menus. Like, oh, you're in a town. Okay, click shop. Okay, you're in the shop now. Buy some shit. All right, I click circle twice and you go back to the shop or like the, the town menu. Okay, gossip. That's like, oh, some random NPC text. Okay, cool. Uh, it just feels like... Like they put it in because they needed something to fill the space, almost. Like, I don't get anything from that. <clears throat> from that, like, I just... I don't like it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the combat, um, there felt like there were... They needed to have something like in the corner of the screen to remind you that, hey, water beats fire, fire beats wind, wind beats earth, earth beats lightning, lightning beats water, because that's such a heavy, there's such a heavy reliance on that mechanic Yeah. to make the game, like, I guess it's like, that's the, that's what they're leaning on in the game, in the gameplay. Like you can press, I think it was like select or start or something to pull up another menu that kind of has... Like it has a bunch of shit on the screen. Like I think it's for options and like uh, like uh, the objective of the map and uh, stuff like that. Um, and it, it, it's like displayed on there, but it just felt like unless until you memorized it, like you, I had to keep going back and clicking select, being like, okay, I gotta analyze the enemy coming at me. What element are they? Are they they're water? Okay, I'll send a, a lightning character over there and hope I don't get fucked by the other enemy next to him that's Earth or whatever. And at a certain point in the in the combats, uh, like I just I got to a point where it felt like all I was doing was going up to an enemy that was weak to fire, plopping down a fire uh, element thing around my fire element character. And that's the end of their turn, so I wait until the next turn comes around. The enemy does like two damage to me, and then I hit him and one-shot him because I'm powered up and they the stupid ass stood into the 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 element that they're not advantage to so I'm like okay that was cool and then other times there were fights where the opposite would happen where like I have like I got two characters I can actually use and then so this particular combat I'm talking about like, maybe it doesn't happen very often but it's like against steel and he's like the first boss encounter I guess and you have two pirates that you are that are temporary allies that you're controlling like the main character is comatose or something, like you can't use him. The assistant character that you have from the beginning of the game, Andark, is like is there as well. Um and you can fight with him, but later on you have to like bring him back so that you can protect the main character. 
because like an enemy spawns and there's like no warning that this is going to happen an enemy spawns and it takes him like two turns to get two or three turns to get to Kirill and he'll kill him so you need somebody to protect him because that's a game over condition and the other characters you get are all green guest characters that you can't control and they do the stupidest fucking things and they just almost die instantaneously like they'll walk into disadvantageous uh, squares and and do like two damage to an enemy and then just get one shot and i'm like i wish i could control them yeah. so they could not fucking do this you don't get um, you don't get guest characters that often so it doesn't happen too many more times so i it, yeah like i don't really remember much other maybe one other time maybe a couple other times where you have to kind of like protect a dumb character but as, okay. you, get, as you get farther in the game what starts to happen is like the characters on the screen like the enemies on the screen are all the enemies so like as you take out enemies, like, you can't go rushing in because, like, you send one character up to, like, the main boss, which you'll find out, like, four other characters will just pop up, behind, like, by them. You're like, oh, fuck. And then, so you kind of can't just, like, do what you're saying, like, put the, the element down and then they'll just wait around. Like, the AI definitely gets smarter and they'll, like, go around it or they'll throw their own down and stuff like that, so... So it definitely does get like diff- more difficult. Um, it's not just like as basic as that. So maybe, maybe that's what I was hoping. You get far enough where you get to a point where it actually starts becoming fun. Like I like I said, I was telling him, I was telling you earlier is um, once you get to Kuluk, uh, the game. I think the game starts taking off a little bit more, and the battles get a little bit more fun. Okay. But. Yeah. Like I said, maybe I'll go back. Maybe not. Depends how I feel. Like, if I get really, really bored one day, and I'm you like, won't. you know There's what, I should finish speaking tactics. <laughs> There's millions <laughs> of games to play at this point, so this, it's going to be impossible. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like I think you mentioned, I don't know if it was pre-show or not, but you mentioned, like, trophies, how you like you like him and hate him. I feel like if this game had trophies, I would have beaten it. Yeah. Because I would have popped the trophy and been like, ah, oh, shit, well, i got to play it now. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about uh, the, uh, an upcoming game we're going to talk about, Pure Solar. Um, like I popped a trophy early on, and I was like, I hate this game. But I was like, well, I got a trophy, and I'm a fucking trophy hunter because I'm an idiot. So I'm just going to subject myself to this game I don't like. And as I played it, I liked it more and more. And it's still not like a, a great game by any stretch, but it's definitely not as bad as I thought it was. Um, I guess that's probably a case like for this. Like I just not super into the game, but if I had something like forcing me to play it, I could see how it would get better. Right. Um, but I guess that's up. Any, that's it for gameplay. Do you have anything else you want to mention before we score it? Um. No, I just like I said, I. If you like tactics games, I think you'll like it if you can get... It's one of those, like, ca- caveats, like, if you like Su- Sugaden and you wish Sugaden 4 had more of a story and you kind of want to, like, redemption... Like, hey, maybe they can redeem themselves. They kind of do with this game. Like, the story's not terrible. Um, but it's kind of... It definitely expands on, like, the backstory of 4 on, like... Uh a lot of the characters and how the things happened and stuff like that. And then how the rune cannons got destroyed and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I guess we'll go get more of that into story, but, 
the gameplay wise, it's not like terrible. It's not like you're gonna be miserable the whole time. I I don't like I don't normally play tactics games, and I got into it. Um, I mean, kind of drug on. It's only like a thirty hour game, so it was not like forever. It's a couple weeks you put into it, and um, I don't regret it. So I'm glad I played it. Uh, I'm glad I got like another, like I can say I played like all the main Switchin games now. I guess there's a couple other ones that are like Game Boy or something, right? I don't really count those. Uh, there's a DS one yeah. called Tear Crease, and then there's also a PSP one that was never released in uh, outside of Japan, but there was a recent fan translation that was done. But uh, neither of those are actually have anything to do with mainline Sweden games. Uh, how I would describe them would be somebody had an idea for an RPG, and Konami's like, uh, well, you have to use an IP, sorry. And they're like, well, we haven't made a Sweden game, so I guess I'll just use the Sweden IP. Because they have nothing they have nothing to do with any of the other Sweden games. And in fact, they kind of destroy the lore because uh, in the middle of Tear Crease, uh, strong spoilers ahead, I guess, um, like they say that there are like infinite dimensions and the world you're in in Tear Crease is just one of the dimensions and the other dimensions... Uh, one of the other dimensions is the world of Sweden that we from the other games, and it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck ever. I don't know why you need to mention this. I guess because it's. Uh, I mean, I guess they felt like they had to mention it because there's nothing else from any of the other Sweden games in this game, and they're like, but this is a Sweden game because alternate dimension. Here we go. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Worthless information, but now you've just literally just tainted the existing uh lore and everything from the others like the actual mainline series way to go wonderful yeah just don't count it i don't um well i guess i will rate it like i said before don't really uh, don't really count my ratings or opinions because i didn't finish the game or whatever so uh i'd give it a two and a half for gameplay oh it's kind of like that's pretty whatever I'll give it a three and a half. Like I said, I, I liked it. It was fun. Uh, I don't regret it. It's not like I felt like I wasted my time. So, yeah. I, I mean, if anyone is kind of on the fence about it, like, that's listening, like, I would say give it a shot. Uh, I think Nick just has some, like, bad nostalgia, or whatever, if, that, if there's a word for that for it. So it makes it harder for him to get into. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess there's like a better taste from expecting. Like at this time, I think there were a lot of like tactics games that came out too that I played, and this one was just it. It didn't feel good to play. Yeah. Or whatever. So, and then playing it now, like going back to it, I guess like I'm not very good at getting rid of like grudges <laughs> or whatever. So uh, like I just when you pick this, like the whole time you like oh I'm gonna. Before when you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pick all the Sweden games or whatever, and I was like, okay, maybe he'll just play pick the mainline ones, right? And you don't have to worry about fucking tier crease, you don't have to worry <laughs> about tactics, and it'll be fine. And then you like we finished four, you're like, all right, I'm picking tactics next. I was like, you motherfucker, <laughs> and like I just thought about tactics, and like there's just hate inside of me for it. For no, I don't know why. I just don't like it very much. But I guess just thinking about it is it's very off-putting. And maybe I'll get over that hurdle. Like you, like how you said, it's only a 30-hour game. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I guess 
if I leave it plugged up and I play like an hour every weekend, I'd get over, I get through it in a couple months. Maybe I'd get to the point where it got really good and I wanted to finish it. So I think I'll probably do that because well, the problem kind of like is, you, the gameplay isn't bad, like isn't bad, but the story is like once you get to Kuluk, it's kind of like uh, I guess this is where we're going with it, huh? And it, I see. So that's where kind of. I was struggling towards the end. I'm like, I'm starting to be done. Like, I already kind of know what's going to happen. Like, he's... We'll get to it, but... Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, well, we've been talking long enough, so it's time for our first musical break. Um, as has become tradition, this is going to be the main theme of the game, um, and it will be classified as Brent's pick. Uh, this particular track is called Another World, according to whatever OST thing we got this from. So, enjoy. time now normally this is the section that i wax poetic about for an hour and a half two hours but as i didn't really finish the game i will get as far as i can and then uh kevin will take over and then we'll talk about it all right oh um as i kind of said before this is like a prequel current time sequel thing with the the way the plot works uh compared to Suikoden 4 and essentially the game starts a few years before Suikoden 4 and uh, you're following this guy named Walter, and he's got a team of people, including his son and some goat chick. <laughs> and they're like, walking around exploring places. Uh, and the first thing you see them with is they're chasing this like fish man. And uh, the town you're in is like the starting town of the game in Sweden 4, Razzarill, where uh, the hero character Laszlo and his childhood friend Snow are. And they're kind of like fucking around in this... Um, I guess back alley pathway when the fish man comes out and like scares the shit out of him. Uh, and the Walter and team come in and they're like, Hey, have you seen anything weird happening? And they have a little conversation and then the fish man comes back. Oh no, no, no. Uh, they don't fight the fish man yet. Do they, they fight like fucking, uh, fur balls or something. They get attacked by fur balls or something. Yeah, what are they called? And so you fight them and Stowe's like, Oh yeah, I know how to fight. Uh, and, the funniest, like, I guess is where his trauma starts, because Walter's like, yeah, you're okay. Hey, Laszlo, your sword play is really fantastic. And Snow's like, but what about me? Aren't I good? 
And so it's like, <laughs> I felt for him a little bit because, like, this is the start of where he becomes like a fucking douche, douchebag, where he's trying to hog the limelight because he just wants attention, like positive attention. Like, and Maslow's like a natural at what all the positive things that this world requires, I guess. And Snow's like, just all he's got is he's a spoiled rich kid. Yeah. And so he, like, he wants to be validated by his own achievements. But unfortunately for him, he's just middling at best. And so it's like, uh, I kind of see what they're going at with this, like how he became who he is later. But uh, Walter and Co. They end up finding out that the fish man went in a certain direction, so they chase him down. Um, and they find it. Oh, uh, Snow and Leslie tag along. They find it, uh, but it's like starving to death or something. And the goat girl, I think her name's like Yoma, your something. Uh, uh, it is Yan. Yan. Okay. Uh, she can like understand these creatures somehow, and so she translates to Walter that like he was just hungry and scared or whatever. And you find out that Walter and his crew are like trying to figure out the mi- the big mysteries behind the rune cannons and like where these fish people came from. And uh. But wait, the Yan doesn't talk. She just talks to Walter, right? Yeah, like she doesn't actually vocalize anything. She's, I guess, they had, I, I assume they had like some kind of te- either it was like telepathy or like she whispered in his ear or something because there's no like, she doesn't talk ever as far as I'm aware. It's not to the very very end. Uh, oh, she, oh, because she goes into the her world or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, and then the fish man apparently mentioned something about pirates before he dies. So I guess he possibly was attacked by pirates and then like taken prisoner and then like starved to death or, and then escaped or something but or uh, has turned into well, one of those fish guys that... what's that or has turned into one right oh he was a pirate and he got turned into one yeah um so walter and everybody kind of like just keep looking around for clues and they end up in middleport where uh they find out that rune cans are being manufactured and they seek information from the town leader uh, who's Reinbach, uh, but he's turned away by Sigurd, who is, uh, I guess, working for him. Um, and then the Reinbach just, uh, orders Sigurd to kill Walter and everybody. And on the way out, uh, Walter and everybody meet a pirate named Hervey, who knows uh, Steel, who's an infamous uh, pirate who owns a, a more powerful rune cannon. And... Uh, so everybody's like, okay, well, we're investigating rune cannons. Let's do it. Um, and uh, Herbie's conditions are he wants a lot of money, and he wants to be the one that kills Steel because he wants the, notor- the notoriety, I guess, or whatever for it. Um, so as they're leaving, uh, the crew is attacked by uh, Sigurd, who was under orders from Reinbach to kill them. Um, and the battle becomes a stalemate because neither side is strong enough to like overwhelm the other, and then everybody is attacked by steel, it just out of fucking nowhere. And uh, the ships get blown up, but uh, everybody is saved by the pirate crew, Edgar, Brando, and Kika. And they've all been fighting steel, so I guess they were just happened to be in the area because they were chasing them down. So everybody gets saved, and they come up with a plan to uh, work together with the pirates to uh, kill Steel because he's become like an over like a dominant force and he's pushing all the other pirates out or whatever. 
So, uh, Walter heads out with the pirates, and um, he brings along Endark, and he has Yawn and Seneca watch Kirill. But uh, Kirill sneaks away from Seneca and gets on the, the pirate ship with Walter. Um, and then when they set sail, Kirill comes out, and he's like, hey, Dad, I'm coming too. And Walter's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> okay. Uh, just don't fight anybody, stay in cover, and you can stay on the ship, I guess. Um, so the, your pirate team finds Steel, and you quickly are able to board the ship that he's on, like, defeat all his pirates. And, uh, Walter notices that he's got, like, this weird rune cannon. And you can see on the screen that it's got, like, a fucking eyeball that's blinking, so... It looks super fucking weird, and it doesn't look like an actual normal cannon. Um, so obviously there's something odd about it. Um, and so during the fight, Walter finally like goes up to the cannon, but somehow uh, Steel like fires the cannon, and because he's looking at it, he turns into a fishman, and he like loses his mind, and he tries to attack Kirill, uh, and Andark is forced to kill. Fishman Walter because he's trying to protect Kirill, and then Kirill like his mind, his brain breaks or something. It doesn't really say like he goes to like he gets traumatized or something. He definitely is traumatized, and, like can't function basically. Yeah, he's like almost like a walking zombie guy, but he doesn't like actually do anything. He just stands there. Um, so the next encounter. Uh, you control Edgar and Brendo and these guest pirates. This is the mission I mentioned where I had a fucking issue. Because I got my ass fucking obliterated the first time because <laughs> stupid fucking element pirate. Anyway, um, these pirate guys fight Steel while Andark protects Kirill. And the there's another pirate named Peck who like tries to take apart the rune cannon. Uh, but when you kill Steel, he reveals that he has the rune of punishment. And, which is what he uses to destroy the ship that there are, that everybody's on, like his ship. And he kills Edgar. And uh, Brando like somehow gets loses an eye during all this. Uh, Peck uh, like gets blown up next to the rune cannon thing, and then he like, gets turned into like half fish man. Uh, and then when Steel like does his final like I'm gonna kill everybody. Rune, pun rune of Punishment attack. Uh, somehow Brando survives that, but he inherits the true rune, and he decides that he's going to take uh, himself away from everybody because he's guilty about letting Edgar die, and he doesn't want the true rune to, like, when he dies, go to anybody else and ruin their lives, I guess. Uh, and then, like, Fishman, half Fishman Peck's like, hey, uh, I can't fucking look at me i can't go anywhere either take me with you and so yeah, he like was like all right come with me it's weird that he's like the only one that like didn't turn into a mindless fish yeah i mean i, I get like they were trying to do trying to explain why this creature was with brando but it's like it's like kind of like i don't know they're shoehorning a lot of shit in this in this game like trying to make it make sense i i think i i understand what they're trying to do <laughs> But it just yeah. it doesn't like it puts a plot hole right there. You know what I mean? Well, I, for me, it felt like they still was like in the middle of firing the, the cannon as it got destroyed or something, or because Peck was fucking with it, it, like it didn't work quite right. 
right? But then I think later on, like, I kind of spoiled myself on the story, but so essentially, like, looking into the lens of the rune cannon, like, makes you look into the other dimension where uh, Yon's from, and somehow doing that turns you into the fish, man. So, I don't, I don't fucking know. But like you said, <laughs> but you know, like fish. He doesn't turn into fish. He just turns like a like a little grim goblin type guy. Yeah, well, he's like half fish. I felt like so because he's uh, got like no hair. I guess he's like his nose like goes up, so it looks almost like a, a fish nose where it's just like two holes or whatever. Uh, like his skin smooth, and yeah, he he looks like the, he looks like the assassin guy because that's who he is that accompanied Brando on the ship at the beginning of Sukhan Four. So if you if you know what that is, like you know what this guy turns into. Um, so everything's all fucked up here, and Kirill and Andark are both injured, but they survive, and, uh, like, Andark, like, has this, like, savior crisis thing, where he's like, I let down Walter, so I'm gonna dedicate my life to protecting Kirill now. Yeah, and, he's, like, survivor's uh, guilt, and he killed, you know, he killed Walter, too, so. He, yeah. I think he feels uh, a lot of guilt for that, even though he was saving Kirill, like, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, and at that point, like, Walter's already gone. He's Fishman now, so... Yeah. Can't really come back from that, I guess. But you don't... But they don't know that. Like, I thought eventually there would be, like, a way to reverse it, but there they never there never is. No. They're just... Their mission is to destroy all the cannons at that point now, right? Yeah. Yep. So, like... Um, yeah. yeah, so I guess you want to take it over? Because that's essentially, like... I mean, I got a little bit further than this, but if you might as well just talk about it since... It's gonna be you talking. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm not as good as uh, Nick um, talk about these things. I forget names. Um, but three, like the after that battle, it's like three years later, and that's where the story picks back up, and it's after the events of Sequin Four. So basically, Kulu gets defeated, um, and then I don't remember what exactly got Carol. Like he finally is healed all the way, I guess. Well, actually, he's not healed all the way because uh, there's a certain point in the game where he can get all his abilities back, which is like really far, like in the, farther in the game than I think it should be. It's almost like towards the end. Oh yeah, because like when you're first starting at the beginning of the game, like he's like stronger than almost everybody. Yeah. And then after this, like he loses like all his abilities and it's weak as shit. Yeah, he has like some S like skills like in the first couple battles, and then it goes like to like a C. So, like, you gotta build it back up, and then eventually, like, his, like, third rune slot opens, and, like, he gets more skill slots. Um, but there's, like, a certain story beat that has to happen. I can't remember what it was. I don't know, you have, like, a moment with, like, uh, in dark and everything. <clears throat> What's the chick's name? Seneca? Seneca? You have, like, a moment with him, like, at the fire. And then you get, like, your abilities back or something but at that point you're like pretty much strong enough anyways where you kind of made up for it so it's not really giving you back anything you basically just earn it back i don't know it's kind of dumb but like the main thing is you just don't get your third rune slot until carol doesn't get his third like if you level up and stuff he won't get his third rune slot until that point um anyways uh 
Kirill basically is good enough to start like researching rune cannons again. So he starts uh, him and uh, his little gang there start doing that. Um, let's see. And so they're you know they're uh, the research takes them to Middleport, then from Middleport to the pirates because I think the pirates still had one. At this at this point, right, the rune cannon. Yeah. Um, and then there's a battle, and it gets does it get stolen? From uh, the Kulok's take. That's a, yeah, that sounds right because the like, is oh, it, yeah. uh, when you get, Isaac or whatever working with them. Yeah, when you get to the pirates' den, they're like under attack by Kulok, and you win, but then you lose. I don't know. I hate when they do that kind of shit. Like, you have to win the battle, but then they still get the rune cannon. So basically, you're like, the you know, the, the mission then is to get the Kuluk to figure out why they're taking these rune cannons or stop them from taking the rune cannons. Um, so then you go to Obel, uh, and you recruit some more characters. Um, and then uh, you get, go to Obel, get Lino's, like... I don't know, approval, or you can get his help. Well, he's like the coalition chairman or whatever, right? So you're like, we'll go there and recruit help from the people that live here and see if they're like, hey, this area is going to be attacked by Kuluk again. You should probably like help out so that doesn't happen. You don't go to war. Yeah. And, so and then like Lino's like, well, you can go investigate. I'll send these people with you or whatever. Right, and he sends like uh, his daughter and so, like the ninja characters from Sukuden Four. They come with you, and then you go to like where that final battle was um, in Sukuden Four. Like that's where like the, the the plot pushes you to LL, LEL, however you want to say it. Um, and you stop that. Like I guess they're trying to rebuild that big rune cannon from the first game or from four. I guess you just, I should say. And you stop them from doing that. And then uh, after you get after you do that, uh, you go to keep researching the the rune cannons and you find out more and trying to figure out the mystery of the fish people. Um, Kirill can't like if you're fighting fish people, you can't kill them. They'll like go down to one HP. He's like, I just can't do it. So that's kind of annoying. Um, because, you know, Obviously, his dad was turned into one. Um, you keep going. Eventually, you uh, you save this girl. I guess there's some assassins trying to get her. Or some mercenaries or something. Um, her name's Cresselia. And she's like a little mage you save. And you f uh, find out later that she's the granddaughter of the Emperor Kuluk. Um... Somewhere in between all this, you meet the... You do a mission... I think it might be in Middleport. Because uh, you, you go back to Middleport because you try to find... Um, what's his name? Warlock's, like, rune cannon there. Uh, and this, okay. Uh, this guy who's the big bad... I'm trying to remember his name. Hold on. That's like East Kark or some shit, right? Yeah. Isak or Isark or whatever and he like gives you the mission to go in there to, to find it and you find like one of those like 
uh, fish rune cannons in there, and he like all his little get his fr- like mercenaries die, and he you guys like kind of run out of there, and um, he like gets left behind, and you're like, oh, I hope he survived or whatever. But he he eventually turns into the big bad. He's like from Kuluk, and he's trying to get all the rune cannons, and it's like a political thing where um, I think. Kuluk is like a, uh, what's it called when there's a king or whatever, or emperor? Uh, an empire? Empire or monarchy or whatever, right? Yeah. And he thinks it should be for the people, so it's kind of like a fraction, like they're fractioning off uh, Kuluk, and he's trying to build it back up to be a power again and take over Scarlet Moon um, and every all the islands stuff so uh so he's the one that's gonna like collecting all the rune cannons and he's the one turning people in the fish um at first he's he acts like he's trying to help um the uh kuluk empire but then towards the end of the game he basically turns everyone like the emperor into the fish guy and for some reason like uh Cresselia's mom like goes with them i can't remember what the reason why on that but uh, and she's the queen, right? Yeah, she's queen. Uh, and then eventually, you find, like, they think that the Kuluk, everyone in Kuluk, like, it's like a classic, like, I don't know, Three's Company episode where there's a big misunderstanding where, like, all they have to say is, hey, I'm helping your daughter, but all these Kuluk guys keep, uh, like, like there's, a, like, four or five missions where, like, hey, uh, bring, get back Corselia. And Corselia's like, no, I'm going with them because I want to. But then you still fight anyways. <laughs> so. Yeah, it usually happens. Uh, that was annoying, but then um, eventually, like, you have to keep doing these fights, and uh, you once you realize that you're just trying to destroy the rune cannon so that Kuluk doesn't get power, you, you come across uh, her dad, um, and uh, once again, he's trying to kill you because he thinks he's kidnapped his daughter but then she's like you fight and then you convince him that um no i'm here to i'm i'm helping her she wants to come with me um then you have to fight him like a there is like a couple of these like one-on-one battles kind of like uh the duels in sukaden i don't think you ever got to one did you no there's a couple like one-on-ones where it's just kiro versus someone and that then you fight the dad like that so, it's just basically a one-on-one battle. There's nothing, like, unique about it. But you fight the dad for the respect or something like that. I don't know. For the honor of, like, taking care of his daughter or something. Um, and then eventually you get to the capital, and that's when uh, the uh, that dude turns on the... Cu- Kuluk Empire and turns him into a fish and then he turns himself into a giant fish guy because he has like all the rune cannons at this point that are left and so he like figures out how to they don't explain how he figures out how to use them but he can use them to turn them to fish people and then control the fish people but they don't ever really under, like explain how that happened or how he does it All right. and you know that guy <laughs> that's like that little uh, MP, uh the character when you're uh, going to the pirate's den, like that mage guy, he can control them, 
But then uh, he gets double-crossed, or be, like he gets left behind, basically. He's like, oh, you're not good enough because he lost his battle. And if you talk to him in that battle, you can recruit him. Okay. But then he doesn't get, keep the power to control fish people. Of course not. So they don't explain that. I don't like that. Um, but that's basically the the, the story. You, you fight uh, the big bad guy. You win. And then he has like a... a, a he had the last way to get back to Yon's hometown or homeworld, and then uh, you go through the gate, and then she can talk because she's back in her home dimension. Um, and then she you find out, but you probably figured out already was that he's she is Carol's mother, and you find I think you find out there that. Uh, um, the whole time Walter was trying to get her back to her home her home world, and they fell in love. Yada yada yada. But uh, his name is Iskis. Is his name? Okay, Iskis. Um, yeah, and he can. You know, he he starts off as like he seems like he's a weak character, but then he becomes a big bad, and he turns himself into a giant fish dude. But then he can control it, I guess somehow. <laughs> it's weird. Um, it's not like explained very well, but, uh, I think the, the main part of this story was to kind of get you some backstory sequel in four. I mean, you can recruit the, uh, if you play the original or I keep saying original, but you play the, uh, if you play sequel in four, you can get, uh, snow and the first, the hero from that game. I mean, you play with them as children in the first battle, but then you never get them again if you didn't play sequel in four. And... It doesn't really add anything to the story. He's like, he was hiding. He was just basically hiding out on the the, the um, island that you guys wash up onto. Yeah, the deserted island. Yeah. Yeah, he's on the deserted island some for some reason. But uh, also, Cheapo's there, like trying to start a business, and that's like like a little side uh, story you can do where you build up Cheapo's business, and then like the. We kind of mentioned it earlier about um, the company X or whatever. They uh, they keep trying to uh, take down his business. So you can do their quest or you can do his quest. Like I said, you get them at the very end if you just do all the cheapo quests. So that's kind of neat. That's kind of a little neat side quest. But and it's a lot of uh, going. You have to go all the way through that uh, oval dungeon. That's like five levels. And you can't just like do one level at a time. You have to do them five straight. Okay. So, like, you, all you have to do is get to the door. So, like, after you realize that, you can kind of make a beeline for the, like the next door level. But you want to go through them like each one's legit because you want to get the uh, all the treasures in in the level. You know, <clears throat> the treasures and the hidden ones. So, I mean, the first time you go through that, it's like a couple hours. Because those, because as you go down the levels, they get progressively harder. But yeah, that's basically the story. You find out your mom, uh, Kirill, uh, decides to go back to his world. <clears throat> I guess the world, like the sequel to world, and his mom stays behind. So, 
Yeah. All right. And then uh, all the rune cannons are destroyed, and that's why there's no more rune cannons in any of the games. So. Okay. Yeah. Well. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a different storyline, I guess, than normal Sweden uh, games to an extent, because normally it's like a big old like political war upheaval kind of thing. Yeah, and they tried to do that again where this... Kulik was going to try to like have a, you know, the Iskis guy was trying to take it over for himself. You know, double cross everyone, but so then that aspect it does have that sequel in political thing going, but it's kind of like I don't know, very obvious what's happening. There's not like any like, oh, I wonder who the bad guy is. You know, you kind of know. Well, I guess what I was getting at was uh, like in the other mainline games, like you have like a unifying political force, and while there are political elements in this story, it's not the focus. Like oh. the focus is. For the for the main party to destroy the rune cannons, and then the closure that uh, Kirill gets is he learns that Yon's his mother or whatever, and he I guess comes to terms with his father's death, and he does he goes back to Tweaked and Land and does whatever with the rest of his life. It's not like the other games where like there's a big faction that's like, oh man, we have to defend this country, versus another country that's like, oh, we're gonna take over this country. I guess is what. What yeah. I was getting at, and it, it kind of alludes to, um, it's kind of uh, that because he is not fully human, his lifespan is a lot longer. Because they kind of go into like in the pro, uh, prologue or the epilogue, I mean, um, how he like stayed with them for so long, and then he started wandering on his own after so many okay. years. Because uh, that that little girl becomes like the queen or whatever, and. Uh, he stays up for for a while and then starts wandering because you know. He's... So I think that what happens is like he, I don't know if they're like setting it up for him to make an appearance in like in the next game or, or something. I don't know if maybe he does. I don't know. But uh... he does not. <laughs> you sure he's not like somewhere we just never noticed because we didn't know who he was. Uh, well, there's like two hundred years between them, so I. Unless he lives for a very, very long time and he somehow got a true rune, I don't think... Well, I think because he's part from another dimension, he doesn't age or something. I don't know. They, they said Maybe? Something. I don't know. It's been a while since I played Sweden 5, so I guess we'll find out soon. They made, they made, they alluded to the something like that, so... I don't know what that was all about, but um, everyone else aged, I guess, and died, and he didn't. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the story. Um, I will give it a, uh, I'm torn between two and a half and a three. I will, two and a half, two and a half. It's not great. Okay. It's kind of cheesy. It's not great. Some things like don't make sense. They give, there's too many plot holes that take you out of it a little bit. You know, you take you out of the version. You're like. That doesn't make sense. I'm like, I'm waiting for them to explain these fisheye cannons, and all they can explain is that it's from another dimension. So, like, sometimes I feel like the writing's kind of lazy, you know? Okay. They don't really... Well, good. Would you be? Would you say it's fair, then, that they used this game as an attempt to fill in the cracks of Suikoden 4, but they had the same, like, 
philosophy, like this, I guess the same methods that they used when writing the story in four, where they, instead of like shoring up the, the game, the plot in this game, they made the same mistakes with four, where they just kind of just left fucking holes everywhere. Uh, I wouldn't say it's as bad. I feel like it's like they didn't think everything through, or they couldn't figure out how to explain everything all the way. So they did the best they can from four. Feels like okay. it feels like more like band aids over the holes, you know. Where, gotcha. Where it's like they're trying to fix it, but they can only do so much without it being, you know, there's only so much you can do. So I think that's what it felt like. Not like there was like they added more holes; they just couldn't cover the existing holes uh, as well without creating kind of some more holes. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's not. It's not. It's not as bad. Definitely, it's not as bad as four story wise. It's. It's like the character interactions are are good. You know, they're decent. Like they talk to each other. Like people. It's not like four where it's like no one really ever talks to each other. It's just kind of talking at each other. Okay. So there's conversations and stuff, and like they like the the main characters really care about each other. You can tell that, and there's like scenes with them like talking about like oh, you know. You're like more of my sister, like, not because he mentioned something about his mom or something, and she's like, "Well, I'm more like your sister, not your mom." Like, uh, the uh, what's her face? Uh, the stunning girl, Seneca. Seneca, yeah, Seneca and Andar kind of have like a thing going on too, where like, will they, won't they, type thing, you know? Okay. So th- there's definitely like character development that Suikoden Four did not have. Now, maybe the overarching story isn't so great, but the characters do get a lot, a little bit more development. Like, you know, all the pirates and stuff get some more development, and you understand Kika, you know, his motivations and why, how she became so, I guess, jet, you know, jagged or whatever. Okay. Because you know her boyfriend dies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's funny because it's like, oh, be careful! <laughs> You're like, he's so dying. <laughs> yeah. We already know. Sorry. <laughs> oh boy, but yeah. So yeah, okay. it's, not, it's not terrible. Um, I think it's worth playing. Just you know, kind of filling those. If you're, if you had some kind of feeling or nostalgia for four, you'll definitely enjoy tactics because it'll fill in those gaps. Makes sense. Yeah. I also think it's improved. Like I. I'd probably give it a two and a half too for like the little bit I got into it, but it's definitely better than four in the respect of like actual the party actually like coming together, like you said, yeah. and that's because the main character is not silent. Yes, that that goes into like like the more and more I play RPGs, I feel like whenever they do a silent protagonist, it ruins the story for me because. They will, like the the idea is like a silent protagonist, like it makes you the main character, but that doesn't make like sense to me. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't work in a JRPG because you don't have any response. You're not that you're 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 supposed to be the main character, but you have no um you like way to influence the world. Right, you whereas, have no input. Like so Yeah, we're And then so I, that, I just then sorry. <laughs> Then they make you out to be like such a cool or big badass or awesome like character, but you're like, no, not really. I'm like, I didn't really do anything besides fight. Like I didn't influence or say anything. I'm just, or like they all, 
someone will ask you a question and you have a like, yes or no, or you make a decision or whatever. But other than well, that, you know, even when they ask you that, though, the answer very rarely does the answer matter because it ha the world moves on without, regardless of what you choose. Right. Like they're like, hey, do you think it's a good idea? And you be like, no. They're like, oh well, so and so thinks it's a good a good idea, so we're doing it anyway. <laughs> if you say yes, and it's like, yeah, I knew you thought I knew you would think it'd be a good idea. Like, yay. And he's like, okay, what the fuck do you waste my time? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've really, like, hate, I don't, I just don't like silent protagonists. So, yeah, that, and then it's funny because, like, uh, the, the like, sequel and four protagonist is basically a silent protagonist, you know? But then he has, a lot, like, way more lines in this game. <laughs> like, when you get him, he, like, talks. He's got a personality. It's yeah, great. Right. Wow, like that definitely helped. Like that makes so much, makes it so much better. It's in sequel in five. You're not a silent protagonist, are you? Um, ooh, I, I don't remember. I think that's what made it a little better because I think that character had some, uh, uh, character development. You know. Uh, let's see. Yes, he's a silent protagonist in five. Oh, he is? Okay. Mm. I don't know. Somehow they pulled it off then because... Well, well in Sigurd 2, he's not a silent protagonist, is he? Yes. So, uh, so actually, in Sigurd 5, um, I, I guess he's just not voice acted, the main character, but when you make dialogue choices, he does say those dialogue things. Okay. So he's technically, he's not like silent, silent, he is. It's kind of like uh, in between a little bit. He's what? He's not a silent protagonist. He's just a quiet protagonist. I guess. Yeah. He's just like he's there. Like he does things. He says things. Apparently, uh, when you make decisions, but it's not like he's not like ingratiated into the story like another character would be. Like they do this kind of differently in speaking in three where like the three main characters chris ghetto and hugo aren't silent but uh the fourth alternate guy thomas is silent so but yeah it's weird two rio is silent and then also tears silent it's in one so uh they kind of continue the tradition i guess to have a silent protagonist in all the mainline games but i don't really particularly agree with that they they do kind of like, like work around it in some of the games. Like Sweden so 2, you can get a game over and you lose the war if you say you don't want to fight anymore mm. and, and stuff. Like So like your decision does make a, a have an effect on the game at that point. Uh, you can also get like one of your tacticians killed and he gets replaced by his son who's inferior kind of thing. And it makes you feel a little bad. But <laughs> it does a, it's a very rare kind of occurrence. Gotcha. But yeah, just in general, like the silent protagonist, like, I don't know. You want a story. You don't want to be like I don't. I don't want to be part of the story. Like, I, and even if, if if you try to do that, it doesn't feel like I am. Yeah. So well, that's. I kind of agree with you on that. Like, because it feels like to me when they do a silent protagonist, it's like they're trying to write a choose your own adventure story, but you don't have any options. So yeah. like, like it's like reading a novel and like people talk to the main character or like the character that you're whose whose viewpoint you're in. Yeah. But they don't like talk to you. They talk at you, and they talk around you, and you're kind of just there, experiencing right. the the world. Whereas, like in an actual 
game where the character is a defined character with their own personality and motivations and actions and uh and stuff like that like they can the author can craft an actual like story around all the characters they don't have to be like okay i've got to like keep in mind that there's another character here that doesn't like that exists but doesn't actually exist they're like a mannequin but i have to include them somehow and I don't know. I don't know that there's any first per, like a, a a game with a silent protagonist that has a really good plot that includes the protagonist. Right. Like, I think the closest would be like maybe Golden Sun, because the main character is silent there, and they like when you respond, they have like emotes and stuff, and the characters kind of like include you into the conversations, in a way, but it's still like not great. Yeah. Okay. Anything else we want to add on the story? I I wouldn't know what to say even if I had anything to say. So Yeah, I just my final I guess thought is that uh I think if you like Sequeldin Four or like Sweet series, just then you're curious, yeah, I think you you probably will like it. Like if you're this deep in the Sweetin, you'll probably enjoy playing it. Um it's just kind of hard uh, entry point to play it because it's only on PlayStation Two, so you'd have to have a PlayStation Two. I guess you could. You can emulate it. Emulate apparently, it. yeah. I don't. We I felt just, like it. I don't. Have, I guess I haven't thought about that, but uh, I don't know if you emulate it. How you get a save with the Sequel in Four? I guess you emulate Sequel in Four as well. I don't, but I don't know how that all works within, like within within emulators. I don't really do emulation very much. You will have to do a lot of research and figuring out to do that, but uh, or have a PlayStation Two. Uh, maybe somebody like you maybe have somebody that has like a downloadable save or something for the ROM with the character, like the a save option. I don't know. Like, there's a way you can check the the PS3 if you download Sweden in Three on the PS3 to accept Suikin 2 saves, but uh, maybe there's like a weird way to do that with the emulation for this, too. I'm I don't sure know. someone's hacked it that way or something. So, But yeah, what's, what's oh, next? What we got next? Alrighty, so now we got music break number two. Um, and I'm kind of cheating on this because the uh, Suikin 2 or Suikin Tactics game comes with a like a bonus music disc thing. And only the first six tracks are, I think, tracks from Sweden Tactics, and the other ones are uh, remixed versions of other songs from other Sweden games. Uh, but it, since it comes with Sweden Tactics, I guess I, I'd say it's fair to include my pick off of that bonus track, and that's actually a song from Sweden Three <laughs> <laughs> called Frigidland, and they, uh, in Japanese it, it's called Midwinter, Midwinter's Land in English. And this is just an arrangement of that song, which is um, a song from the Sindar Runes in Sweden 3. And uh, I think it's the best song on that CD. And I'm sure there's better songs on the actual Sweden Tactics OST. Yeah, they have, some, I, they have some pretty decent ones once you get uh, toward the later battles. Like, you get some, some of the drum beating stuff, but... Okay. I liked some I'm of them. I'm sure you've picked a couple of those, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, here's my... Cheat song. It's called Frigid Land in Japanese, Bedwitcher's Land in English.
Alrighty, so next section is visuals. Woof. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor if you can and uh, Google Twigget and Tactics real quick and click on some images and then take a look at that shit because, wow, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Like, it's even worse, I think, on a big screen TV now. It's probably not too bad on a CRT with a smaller, uh, like, uh, yeah. Condense or I was it condensed yeah, pixel, yeah, whatever the fuck, it, like a smaller screen, yeah, <laughs> where it's not too bad, but oh boy, yeah, I've got uh, a big screen and this it looks like straight. At, I mean, this has got to be the worst, uh, besides like a regular Nintendo. Like, I think Super Nintendo games look better than this, and this is like PlayStation 2. Yeah, I don't understand. They they had like. Good. They had really good sprites in Suikoden and Four. Yeah. And then they went to this like weird blocky wannabe Final Fantasy Seven shit, and it looks worse than Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, because at least it's like uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe unless you're looking at it. It's but like, it's like their characters are like different shapes, and there's no character definition. Like the the clothes are like painted on. You know, like. Yeah, it's like the head's a circle and the face is just painted on the circ like the the sphere, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it looks and they move, they move the way they move is like funny looking like they look like they got a stick up their ass you know when they run. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not good. The animations of combat aren't too bad though yeah and like the the stages are pretty they look pretty nice um they did they build some decent looking stage i mean they're not great or by any means but they're at least average looking you know yeah which makes the characters look like the it makes the characters look worse too <laughs> so yeah the character models I... aren't good uh the artwork uh, i think's decent like of like the character portraits yeah those are the best part yeah <laughs> uh, it's like they did okay like if when you go when you revisit an area that you visited in Spooking 4 even though it's animated uh differently you can tell it's that same area yeah, yeah so yeah. it's not like it's like you're not looking at like fucking garbage i guess you're not looking but at it's just generic just... like rocks and trees and stuff it's like they did some work on that yeah, but it still doesn't. It doesn't look good. It looks super amateurish coming off of Suikoden Four, and it's. I don't understand. It's. Uh, be like I don't understand worst, why they did that. It's gotta be like one of the worst looking tactics games I ever played. You know, like there's because it's like. Yeah, it's like a it's a, it's a, it's a really shitty, shoddily done like, three D. And yeah. if they had done two D, oh my god, they could. It would have been a whole lot better, but I guess that's always an argument we have. Yeah, no, they all, all they had to do is take the two D models from Sequelden Four, like that they had on the loading screens and stuff, and just use those. Mm-hmm. Like the, all that's all they had to do. You make those; they can make those three D, can't they? Uh, you can make it like an isometric thing, but even if they were, if it was only two D on like a isometric three D field, it still look would look better than this. It would look amazing, but 
Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking on this or how like past like someone's like, hey, here's my character models, and the guy was like, whoever was in the director was like, oh yeah, that works. Like to me, the model designs look like if you take an Iron Maiden and just like paint some clothes on one of them, like the the torture machine looking thing. Yeah. Like how it's like a boxy looking, vaguely humanoid shape. And then they just painted clothes on him. <laughs> what's it's that, like, okay. What's that game like? I'm old now. This is gonna make me sound old, okay? But uh, where you build like the world and stuff, it kind of looks like Lego people. Lego people build the world. Uh, all the. Do you have like a system that it was on? It's on all the systems. Oh. Lego people build the world. Is that Minecraft? Minecraft. Yeah. They kind of look like does, yeah. They kind of look like <laughs> Minecraft characters. <laughs> they do. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, that's what they look. <laughs> but oh, they, man. it's like a Minecraft character, but then they painted on Swookedin characters' clothes on them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, obviously, they're not like that blocky, but it's almost that that kind of aesthetic they got, where it's just blocky shit everywhere. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what you're working with there. Um, there's not like any cutscenes or anything, I don't think. No. No, all the all the cutscenes that they do are like in-game renders. So when the stuff happening with storyline, and that's oh man, that's something in gameplay that I forgot all about that I fucking hated. You are able to during the cutscenes, quote unquote, where like the characters are moving around and talking and shit, uh, you can skip the text, but because it's voice acted, uh. It plays through the voice, the animation still of the characters. So it doesn't matter if you skip the text or not, because it still plays the, the exact. Like you have to wait for them to finish the animations, and so it's not you're not speeding anything up when you skip the text. Yeah, you're just making yourself stare at a screen of nothing. Well, it does that sequence thing where you can't skip cutscenes until you beat the game once? Well, no, but like when you do, uh, if you press triangle, like you'll just skip the whole text box. You don't. It'll skip through yeah. that. And I thought I was. Be able to rush through faster by doing that nope. when I was done reading because I read way faster than like people talk and stuff. So like I would read a whole like three lines of text and they're still like on the like third word. So I'm like, okay, skip, and they just sit, they just stand there and like they like do the little animations of, the, of like them doing like the speaking or whatever and like moving their arms and the stuff. But like it doesn't actually bring up the next text block until they're done doing all that. And I'm like, well, that's a big waste of my time. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add about visuals? Like, uh, I mean, I guess the like spell animations were okay from the ones that I saw, but they're not like phenomenal. Yeah, they're. Not, I feel like they're not that good. But, um, there's a lot of uh, palette swapping too for enemies, so that's not great. Oh, okay. You just fight different color versions of blocks, I guess, or the. You know, all the, the human characters are all, like, different palette swaps, you know? Like, of, like, the generic, like, like the melee attacker, and then you got your mage, and you got your archer. They all kind of look the same, different colors. Okay. Uh, I guess, to be fair, though, in Spooky 4, they didn't have a lot of enemy variety either. Yeah. In fact, I don't think they have much enemy variety in most Spooky games. I feel like you fight the same enemies 
in the same areas. But I guess you don't spend that much time fighting. Cause they, it, the cannon rains aren't that fucking large, and the other or like aren't that fast. I don't know. I don't know the proper verbiage for that, but like you don't get into fights so often in the other Sweden games compared to Sweden Forward. But like, so it's not that bad. Uh, but it's always kind of sucky when you just see like the same monster uh, over and over again, and it's just different colors and a little bit stronger. Like, come on. Yeah. At least in like Tales of Arise or whatever, there was a big enemy variety, even if you just fought the same group of enemies over and over again. Like, it, uh, I think they had like 150 something enemies total in their bestiary, which yeah. is a decent amount. But a lot but, more palette swaps too. Yeah. Whatever. Don't get started on a rise. We don't need to go back there. <laughs> oh well. Uh, well, I'm I'm about the visuals, and I'll give it a two. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll give it two. That's fine. Like. Yeah, it's a, it's it's not good. Like that, it's not good. So. Okie dokie. Uh, next section is music and voice acting. Uh, I think I don't know who the composer is. I'll look them up real quick. But I know they're not the same one from like they use for the main. Sequin. Uh, series. Yeah. Um, I would say the the music is uh pretty decent. Um, I did not find anything that was annoying in the battles. I feel like a lot of the battles changed a lot. Like. It's not a lot of the same battle music, which makes sense since it's a tactics game. Like every every chapter is like almost like a unique song, so they, I think they did really good of like mixing it up. And then they have like a really like towards the end, like once you start getting to like some very like serious battles, they uh, they really do have some good good ones. I thought so. I definitely enjoyed. Like, there's one I, I always try to listen for. One, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I I noticed it. So there's a couple of them I noticed, and like that'll be my my pick on the next one. Um, but uh, that, and then I think pretty much everything is voice acted. I'm, I, I can't remember if there's like maybe like in the shops and stuff. It's not. Uh, that sounds right. But like the, and I think when you like go to the campfire or whatever, I think that's not voice acted but like the main story beats are all voice acted for the most part part it's voice acted and um the voice acting is pretty good they use like the you know the normal like cartoon voice actors i feel like you know yeah i think that if you look it up they're like people that done a lot of shit um i think one of the guys is like wolverine from wolverine and the x-men or something i don't know oh, I, shit. I was just kind of like uh looking through it or whatever but I didn't really look too hard. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was uh, Kirill. Like his voice actor sounds like a little kid when he's a little kid, and he still does when he's like looks like a grown up. You know, like his character portrait changes, but his voice doesn't. Yeah. So that kind of annoyed me every time he talked. That is super fucking annoying, and I hated listening to it. <laughs> it's like come on just change like it sounds like a little girl's voice you know yeah uh it is a girl that did the voice yeah I her name's tell. mona marshall yeah she done a lot That's... of shit 
That shit's uh, annoying as fuck. It looks like there's a bunch of big name people, like, uh, the only ones I really recognize, they were like Liam O'Brien, Christmas Freeman, and Steve Bloom. Uh, they did voices for characters in here. Um, the composer is. Go back again, you motherfucker. Uh, Nori Norikazu Mira, and they've done. They've composed for six games. They've surprisingly did Suigun 4 and Suigun 5, and also Tear Crease. Um, then they also did like Kansei, Sacred Fist, Pro Evolution Soccer, Shadow of Destiny, and Robbie Rinsu no Kanata. Whatever the fuck that is. Uh, but they haven't made anything since that last game in 2012, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, not sure. But their music's not too bad from what I heard on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's pretty good. Would I say there's anything like super memorable? Probably not, but it's I guess it suffers from that, like... Uh, when you get like your audio fidelity is so high, like you're using like orchestras and shit, unless you make something that's super, super original, uh, like I've heard so much that it all kind of just blends together. Whereas at least with like uh, chiptune type music, you're restricted in your like like what you can do with it because you just got like the notes or whatever, right? So when you make music, you have to make it. Yeah, like sound catchy, I guess, or 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 however you got to do it. Like you got to make it sound as good as you can, and that usually involves like using like unique melodies or timings or whatever. Whereas like you can just be like, oh, I've got an orchestra. I'll just make some fucking orchestra sounds. Like okay, <laughs> like it doesn't sound bad. Like there was nothing I listened to that was like grating to the ears, but nothing memorable either. So for me, I'd give music and voice acting. Probably like a three and a half. Uh, I would definitely, I would give it a four, but like some of the voice acting is awful. Like you said, Carol's voice. Oh yeah, that's pretty high though. Three and a half. Uh yeah, I mean I'd have had no problems with music from what I heard. I'll give it four because I I like some of the later music. Like it really the later battles, they th I think they did a pretty decent job, and yeah, all the voice acting I thought was really really well done. So. Yeah, I, I figured they'd use, like, real voice actors, you know? Like, I hate when they, like, really skimp on voice acting and they get, like, just, I don't know, the people off the street sometimes, or, like, maybe just the game designers get themselves to do it. <laughs> but uh, when they use, actually use people that know what they're doing, it's definitely, it makes a difference. So I'm glad they did that. It also helps that they're not British. I kind of like the British ones sometimes. I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> why i guess i'm an asshole i do not know it's like like trying to play like a dragon quest game and then having people like oi bruv blah 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 i'm like can you shut the fuck up like i don't want to hear that shit i don't know it just it's just not a thing that bothers me i guess oh man kira's voice actor makes me hate him more when i see her face <laughs> uh, oh boy well it doesn't help that he's like he's got the only like character portrait that looks like a different style almost than everybody else's. Yeah, it, it's like it looks odd, but uh, whatever. He's he's the main character. Yep, yes he is. <laughs> oh well. Um, 
I guess we'll take another musical break now. Um, and so these last two picks are going to be both uh, Kevin's because he picked the game and Travis in here. So, uh, Yeah, my next pick uh, is Pride of the Blood Brothers is what it's called. <clears throat> or at least when I heard it. It's, it was really hard to find what these were. Uh, there's only a couple. I really had to dive deep to find the, uh, the music tracks and stuff. So who knows if this is what it's really called. But I was trying to. It took me a while to find it because I couldn't. I didn't know what it was called. And it didn't. There's like not a. Uh, on YouTube, usually there's like a playthrough. I don't think there's a playthrough all the way through on this game yet. Um, so I couldn't find the stage it was in. I think I, did, I found one. Anyways, they were, when I, I, I did find it, and then there was like they were recording them clicking and talking over it, so I couldn't use that. So I had a really hard time finding it, but I did find it. Um, but I just remember when I first heard, it, I was like, "Got me!" Like, kind of, I kind of noticed it, and uh, I really liked it. So this is Pride of the Blood Brothers. <laughs>
Well, that was a pretty good song. It's a pretty good pick. Did you really listen to it? Yes, I really listened to it when you <laughs> you said it. Before, uh, whenever you post the, whenever you guys post the songs into the doc, yeah, I actually listened to them. So you like that one though? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And I think the next one you pick has like more like a a steady like drum cadence to it. I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so I like that too. Like uh, there's something like primal about uh some of the drums that the Japanese composers use that really gets you kind of at least gets me like kind of like. I won't say hyped up, but like I guess feeling a certain way yeah. about the encounter. Yeah. So, uh, I guess uh, we'll get into overall experience now. Um, as Brent would say, this is expectations versus reality. Uh, I think, for me personally, it's how I, not necessarily how I feel like going into the game, but more how I feel just leaving the game. Okay. Uh, so for for me. <laughs> I I hated it <laughs> and I I like I recognize like I'm doing some like self reflection and I recognize I didn't really give it a, a fair shake and at the same time though like I just there's something fundamentally in my being that does not like this game and like I said I contemplating like giving it another shot like playing maybe an hour every weekend but at the same time, you said it probably isn't worth it, and there's like better things to do with my life. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. I do feel odd because I like, it's like I like the Suikoden series, and it's almost like I'm not doing the series justice by not fully finishing this game. So I'm so I am conflicted. Well, you've, uh, played, you've played to the part for most of the sequel to four characters, you know, that matter. That that part yeah. of the story, you know? Because it kind of goes on its own story after that, where you get past the LL, where you destroy that cannon or whatever. Yeah, okay. After that, it kind of, you know, starts to become its own story after that. I mean, the other characters are in there, and they help, and they talk about stuff, which is kind of interesting uh, when they do that. But it's not enough to say you should definitely do it because you're going to get a lot out of it. I don't think you'll get much more out of the story. I got you. And I kind of already spoiled it for myself anyway. Yeah. So, oh, we'll see what happens. So I guess uh, I'll give it a two for me. Uh, but now we can go to the person that actually played the game. And, uh, <laughs> how did you feel about it? Well, you, like, shit on it so much. I had, like, such a negative, like, I don't know, I went into it not expecting a lot. So I thought it was just gonna be absolutely terrible, like dog shit, and it's and it's not. It's it's uh it's an average game. It's not terrible. Um, there's way 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 worse games. Like to me, like this is like there's sequel in you know one two three and five, and then this, and then a way large gap than a four. To me, like it it's like right behind three to me. Um, and then four, I think it's just so like, it's just not like, I don't, I don't know if like four is just terrible. It just doesn't feel complete. You know what I mean? It feels like half of a sequel to game. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest disappointment in that game was like, you know, all the other games have pretty decent story and you build like your, your castle and all that kind of stuff. And you really don't build, like, your your boat doesn't, you get your boat and then you just add characters to it. You know what I mean? It's always the same boat. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, that kind of was, like, you don't really get that in it. So, I think that was what a lot of people were disappointed with. Um, and it's such a high expectation, you know? So, but this one, I think, kind of at least gives you the base. Like, you're not getting a lot more out of it, but you at least feel like you've played a sequel to a game. Or you, you feel like you get more, like, you were missing from the fourth one. Okay. And, uh... For a tactics game, you know, I don't normally play them. Um, I feel like sometimes they just take too long, uh, and I get bored with them. But this one was short enough where it didn't overstay its welcome. So, you know, towards the end, I was getting ready to be done. But uh, it's just enough where it wasn't. I didn't get a, like a negative feeling about it. So, uh, I definitely liked it more than I thought I would. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think the problem with tactics games is like by necessity the combat is like it's like it's done in a chunk like you have 30 yeah. minutes on average of like you're in a combat and it's kind of slow and plotting and each character takes its turn whereas like in even just a normal RPG like a, a JRPG or whatever where like even like a Dragon Warrior or whatever the fuck where it's like you have this like the line of enemies and you make you make the decision real quick you're like attack magic items defend yeah. whatever you want to do it takes like t- maybe maybe 10 seconds once all the animations are done and then you're picking the things again yeah. you don't have to wait for stuff to happen um you don't have to wait for like the enemy to like walk forward five spaces and then do nothing you don't have to walk forward five spaces and do nothing and so i could definitely understand that where uh, tactics games feel like they drag ass because they they do sometimes <laughs> yeah and like when you get to one where it doesn't do that like i don't know that's like a plus <laughs> so oh definitely so well i think the only way to like really make a tactics scheme like quote unquote really good is to either uh give you the ability to just break the game if that's what you want to do and so you can do that in like games like tactics where the level of customizability is so high and there's so many ways to make yeah. broken builds that you can you can just have fun doing that and you don't mind the combat too much because you're just like one shotting things or you're like oh I have an idea for a build and I'm going to do that and see if it works or not and it, when it does you're like fuck yeah this is great uh, and then the, the other way would be to actually like incorporate strategy into the game like uh, so I guess like triangle strategy does that where each character is completely unique like you don't get another character that does everything that one character does already yes that definitely uh, yeah you definitely if you're going to do a tactics game, I think you have to do that. Or else, what's the point of having multiple characters? Like, you just pick one. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, when you have a game, like a tactics game, where they, like, so Final Fantasy Tactics does this, where you can recruit generic characters, and they kind of are, they do they do whatever, and you make you make your own character. Like, Felsil does that. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple other games where, like, you just recruit generics. Like, I hate those. I, I never use them, if I can avoid yeah. it, because yeah. I fucking hate that. I hate that concept. Give me a character that has unique abilities that differentiates them from other characters, and I will use them as they're intended because they all have an intended like concept behind them. Like, yeah, a character might be a DPS character. Some character might have abilities that make them tank better. Some character might just be purely magic and range focused. But then, like, you give me just like a squad of generic dudes. Like, I have no attachment to these dudes. They have no personality. I have no reason to want them in my party except if like there's a broken random class that I can 
give like all these generic characters all these abilities for that for some reason the main characters can't have this class or whatever it's like oh then okay that's the reason to use that but then i don't want to have to put the effort in to get those characters to that point anyway i'll just just not do that content because i don't care yep uh but ran over so <laughs> uh, our final section is replayability slash extra content and as far as I'm aware, this game has New Game Plus, and you're able to get a character in New Game Plus that you can't get in the regular New Game. Um, but otherwise, it's the same game. Yep. And I guess you can do, you can use New Game Plus to potentially get strong, like get S ranks in missions you didn't get S ranks in before. But you have to like write down which missions you didn't get S rank in, as far as I'm aware, because it doesn't tell you anywhere. Like which and which you didn't get S rank in, um, and then I think some of the it might be even harder for the requirements because I like I did a cursory glance once on like what people are saying that the S rank requirements are, and they're like take as little damage as possible, do as much damage as possible, get as much experience as possible, do it as fast as possible. Uh, I think finding treasures is one of them too. Okay, there's a lot that goes into it, but it doesn't explain it and. It's like it's not worth trying to figure it out because like the next level. I mean, the equipment you get, you don't really necessarily. It's not gonna make or break you. It's just it might make you like super OP, but not till like the end of the game anyway. So and then at that point, you're almost done. So <laughs> you don't really need to get S ranks for anything. Yeah, I was doing some reading before I was like really trying to play this game again and people are like it's better on your first playthrough just to get like shitty ranks to get like a bunch of bronze and silver and gold medals that you put on your characters because that does more that benefits you more than getting an s rank on the mission yeah that makes sense because you get like at least three more defense from those things yeah and i think you get some health back like some permanent like max health or not permanent but like when you have it equipped like the gold medal i think it gives you five health Oh, and at the yeah. beginning of the game, that's like really good because that's <laughs> that's yeah. five health, and you have like twenty or something. Yeah. But late game, not so good because you probably have like I don't know four hundred something. I would if you have the extra slot, might as well put it on there. It's like not gonna hurt you. Yeah, I guess. Because like, what else you have on there? Potions and shit. Like you don't really need <laughs> anymore. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> that's what uh, I, mean. so I always had. Everyone of. Gold, like my main, all my main guys had like gold, silver, and uh, I didn't have that many bronze, so it was basically gold and silver. But because bronze, you really basically you have to get your shit kicked in and barely survive, and then you get bronze. <laughs> okay. Which really uh, only happened a couple times uh, for me, but yeah. What are you giving it? Uh, I'd probably give it a two. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I mean, it's not much because, like, extra content. Like, besides the extra character for extra content, there's not really much else they add. Unless we're missing something. I mean, I guess the replayability part is if you want to keep going through the oval dungeon and, and doing all those different uh, run-throughs you can do, but you really have to be like into tactics games for that kind of stuff and really love this game. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, it looks like the gold medals give you 5 HP, silver gives you 10, and bronze gives you 15. But they all give you one defense, and the gold ones sell for a lot if you sell them. Okay. Uh, so, I guess useful beginning of the game, not so useful in the game too much. But, like you said, if you ain't got nothing else to put on, might as well. Yep. Alrighty, so that brings us to the last musical break. So take it away, Kevin. Uh, this, uh, this next one is... Uh, called the one with different blood. Um, it's another one of those in-game uh, battles uh, that is basically after this, the last music break I had. Uh, this one's the next battle, I think. This really uh, started picking up on the the music started getting really good towards the end. So uh, this is called the one with different blood.
Alrighty. So, um, that was Sweden and Tactics. <laughs> uh, we've actually, I think we've all finished the next game we're doing, which is Elden Ring. Yep. Um, so I don't know when we would get together for that, or if we want to, like, give it a week or two before we even record, even though we're all done. Like, because I don't know how you would push the episode out. If you want to give people a break or just do it right away. I guess we'll figure that out later. I mean, it's been a, uh, at this point, it's been a couple months, or at least a month since we put out one. So, mm -hmm. I, I'd rather record the sooner the, than, than later because you start forgetting shit. That's true, yeah. So, I just finished it yesterday, like I platinum it yesterday. Uh, and I, I gotta say, it's got probably the hardest game I've ever played. I know you guys play these games all the time, but this is like the first one I ever did. Yeah. And it's kind of like a mixed bag for me because, like, I have strong feelings of like hatred for this game, but also, <laughs> also, I also like had had strong feelings of fun and enjoyment. So it's kind of like I'm torn on it, you know. Like, I might just give it threes for a lot of things because it's like some things I loved and some things I hated, and then there's like some like I don't know. I feel like. It, it drug on too long a little bit where it's like I'm ready to be done with it because I'm just tired of getting my ass kicked. You know? Okay. Because you just die. Like, if you... It's funny because, like, random characters sometimes are, like, harder. Like, random, like, uh, monsters. Like, the way they have them set up in the level are harder than, like, some bosses because they just, like, you make one wrong move and they all just gang up on you and just... You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, like, there's, I guess there's, like, it's a mini-boss enemy, those centipede things or whatever, with all the hands on them, and they, like, scream and then, like, dash at you and shit. Yeah. I died, I died more of that than any other bot, like, any boss in the game, because they, like, they just run at you and they keep attacking, and, like, I didn't use any healing spells. Apparently, if you use a healing spell, you just cast a healing spell and it, like, almost kills it in one hit, but, like, they, like, poison you and shit, and they, like, teleport. And, like, so I thought I was being smart and, like, got on this, like, ledge of a building somewhere and was sniping it with a bow. And then all of a sudden it just teleports behind me and, like, <laughs> knocks me off the fucking ledge and I die. I'm like, okay. Are you talking about those, like, white ones Whatever. That, shoot, that shoot that shit at you? Or... What's that? Those white centipede guys that shoot, like, the things at you? Did you find Yeah, them? yeah. Yeah, once I, I got my... It's like... Once I got my defense up enough where, like, that stuff didn't hurt me, those guys weren't that bad. My, gotcha. The one I heard the hate the most was the Crucible Knight. Like, because I'm a slow attacker, and uh, his attacks are so devastating. Like, I couldn't... It's so hard to beat him because uh, it takes forever because you can only get, like, one or two hits in at a time, and then he just, like, goes off on you forever. Yeah. And I can't dodge it and get, like, behind him or anything because I'm so slow. Because I have, like, a... Like basically a heavy like armor build, yeah. So like I, f I feel like every every character has like, um, like that you make. There's gonna be one one of those guys. It's like your weakness, basically. Definitely. So it's kind of like that's I mean that's really good game design, but also <laughs> like they do. I feel like they do things really really good, and then also like things really really annoying. Oh no, no definitely. So. Like my first time playing Souls games, I definitely rage quit. I think I rage quit on Dark Souls, and then I came back to it later. And like I, 
managed to get through it and I enjoyed myself. Yeah. So like now when I play Souls games and like I'm fighting a boss and I get like one shot or something, I just laugh. Like I know Travis gets still pissed off, but like when something bullshit happens, I'm like, oh man, that's bullshit. Whatever. Like so now I know that's happening. Okay. And yeah. uh, you have to die like ten times just to figure out what's going on when you fight some of those bass the bosses, you know. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't know he could do that one. All right, I guess I'll be prepared next time. Yeah, or it's like, there, like don't get me wrong. There's definitely some like, annoying shit going on. Like, there's definitely lots of camera issues, especially with like the big bosses. Yeah, yeah. Where, like a lot of bosses where like all you see is like the side of their body, like, and, and it's not even like their whole body. It's like a patch, like I don't know, like ten foot long swath of their body, and that's all you see. Even though they're like they're doing shit, I'm like I don't know what's happening. I'm hoping he's not doing about to do a one-shot ability, like AoE or something, that's about to fuck me up. So I'm just going to stand here and keep swinging until he moves. And all of the enemies like to just jump away. All the big motherfuckers. Just jump away, like, 100 feet away, and you got to run to them. And meanwhile, they're, like, loading up some laser or they're loading up some, like, charge dash thing you got to, like, jump through. Like, that, so that kind of, like, uh, makes me curious. Like, I know this isn't the Elden Ring review, but we brought it up, so... Uh, when you're fighting enemies that like went away and then like did like a grab attack, I had to dodge through them, but you didn't have like much of an ability to dodge, so you would have, I guess, presumably just blocked. But like you had to tank your build, so you, I guess, presumably didn't die. I don't know if you got hit by those kind of abilities a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, sometimes like if you like they're doing the wind up for the grab, you can hit them before they grab you. And then they don't grab you at all. Gotcha. So that's one way you can do it. But sometimes you just, yeah, I just uh, basically tank through it where they'll grab you and they'll take half my life away or something. But, okay. But I don't die. But some, like, some of them, like, some bosses, yeah, like the Melania boss, like, she'd kill you right away. There's no, there's no, like, surviving that. Yeah. Maybe if I, like, well, if I could... Depends how much vitality you have too. So it depends how much life, like life bar you have. And my, I think I was, I was around twelve hundred. If I put more into hit points, maybe I could survive it. But um, most of them I survived. But the ones I didn't, I just had to learn to know when that move was coming or get lucky. Yeah. Like the end bosses, like the one where he grabs you and like jumps in the air and slams you into the ground. I don't know if you remember that one or not. Like when you're at the Erd Tree? Uh, the Hero Low or whatever? Yeah. When he turns into like the, the Brawl, the Grappler guy? Yeah. Like, yeah, he uh, he fucked my shit up a lot. Yeah, like when you first get there, you're like, okay, what's he do? Oh, he grabs me and I'm dead? Okay, cool. All right, Yeah. one second. It's in. like a triple pile driver shit. You like spit it in the air. I'm like, am I playing a wrestling game now? What yeah, so that that killed me in one shot, and the, but I also didn't have all my health. So then, the second time I had full health, and like it took me down to like a sliver. <laughs> okay. So mo like I think you can get it to where you can survive them. Um, you might have to respec maybe to like get your, some more health and take some other things down, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I survived them. Or I've learned that like where the windup was, I could hit them and then they wouldn't do it. Gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, if y'all liked that little brief five-minute talk about Elden Ring, there's going to be way more coming for the next episode. So yeah. I feel like that. look forward to that.
That that one's probably gonna be a super long episode. We're gonna have to have block oh, out probably. Like three or four hours because we're gonna get into like some minutia shit about the game. <laughs> definitely, and uh, I'm definitely all about it. So I'll definitely be talking about it a lot, and then I know Travis is into it, even though he'll probably be like, "This is bullshit. Fuck that." His, you know, his normal usual shit. You can't really uh, take what Travis says sometimes, though. Like, he doesn't level... He doesn't, like... like He always tries to beat everything under level, and then he wants to complain about how he dies so quick, and it's bullshit. Yeah. But you just ran... Like, just like we're talking about um, that, like, boss where you have to run past... He's like, I had to, like, run past the, the horse knight every time, and he would hit me through the, the wall. I was like, well, if you killed him, you wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't and like, respawn, so... He doesn't level uh, vitality either. So he probably had, like, 16 vitality or 20 or some low number. So he only had, like, 800 HP or something. Yeah. And he's always been like, man, I'm on the level 80, and these enemies are all one-shotting me. And then, like, you talk to anybody else that's playing the game, and, like, their average level around there is, like, 120. And so he's like not only forty levels lower, he doesn't level any of his vitality, and he was using him like a strength build, which is not super great in Elden Ring. Normally, normally in the other Souls games, it's pretty good, but uh, you need to be able to like maneuver around stuff, yeah, or just tank the shit out of it like you did, and you need like actual stats for that. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I can't equip anything because it's too heavy. I'm only using this one sword I've been using since the end of the game. I'm not changing anything yeah. about my build. I'm just doing the same thing, and I'm also super underleveled. This game sucks. I can't believe this unbalanced bullshit. The boss is one-shotting me. It's like, <laughs> just level up some more, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Fight something else. Like, You can go and explore for a while. Do like a... Do like a dungeon, like one of the dungeons for once, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, yeah, I didn't really explore. I just kind of went from boss to boss. And I'm like, that's the the whole point of the game was to explore. Yeah, I explored everything. I mean, there's a couple things I probably didn't get or didn't do because, like, I didn't want to just search around. Like, towards the end, I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to do all the dungeons I come across, you know, but I'm not, like, going to go try to, like, find the secret, like, drop point to find this one treasure type thing. You know what I mean? Definitely. Or there's like a couple quest lines, like that big jar guy. I couldn't, I couldn't find where he was after a while. And so I didn't continue that one, but whatever. I didn't need, need for, like he, I guess he gives you a really good, uh, talisman, um, that increases your like special attack. Okay. So it would have been really useful, but I was like, eh, I'm doing good enough without it, so it's fine. Well, that's like uh, a thing about like Souls games, though. Is, like Sometimes you'll have to do a lot to get something that you'll never use, because it's not right, right for your build, and you're right. like, fuck. But then you're like, okay. if I ever want to have that build, I'll have that. But then you're yeah. like, also, I'm probably never going to go back and start over again. Because so. <laughs> like, I probably put like 150, 160 hours in this game. Okay. Like, I legit played all the way through, like, all all the things. Like, I didn't have to, but I don't know. Like, I wanted to, just to say I've done it. It's kind of... Yeah. I kind of, at first, was that feel... Like, I went up... I feel like I went up and down on that game. Like, I liked it, then I hated it. Then I liked it, then I hated it. So I kind of just averaged out to... Eh, it's okay. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I guess we'll wrap this up now. So, um... We have a Discord. We've had some people join. Some people don't talk anymore. Oh, Whatever. We Everybody's. We have an email, right? 
Doug. Uh, we do have an email from Doug. You're right. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, we gotta get that in there. I mentioned it like three weeks ago when he emailed, and then I forgot. Can't believe I did that. Oh, also, I guess we'll take this time to, uh, I guess, approach the community about this. But we apparently got an email, or at least Travis or fuck, Kevin got an email from a company, and they want us to do advertising. So uh, we haven't really talked about it. Uh, I guess we're considering it, but if y'all have any preferences on whether we do it or not, you can let us know in the Discord or send us an email, however you feel about it. Yeah. Uh, it also depends yeah. how much... I haven't, like, emailed back to, to the lady, but, I mean, if they're not going to... I don't know. If they're going to give us enough to, like, where we don't have to pay for the website or something, I think it'd be worth it. Like, Oh, definitely. I mean, it's only, like, what, 200 bucks a year or something? Yeah. But, like it's not like we're we're trying to profit off this. I mean, obviously it'd be cool because we do spend a decent amount of time like invested in this. Yeah. To like make make some money. Like I don't ever think we'll ever be making millions of dollars or anything like that. But at the very least, enough to cover web server costs would be nice. Yeah. Uh. So yes, we have two emails from Doug Kent, uh, our newest super fan. It used to be that uh, Menthian was the sweetest super fan, but now we've got Doug Kent the brother of Clark Kent. So, his first email is, uh, the subject line is, How I Imagine Travis Podcasts, and he has included a picture of a guy yelling into a megaphone. <laughs> and then he says, <laughs> uh, seriously, though, it's not quite that terrible. Uh, but it's fucking hilarious, because that's definitely how it feels. But post that in, uh, you need to post that in the Discord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will. Um, all right, and this other email from Doug is from March 8th, so yeah, it's been a while. Um, he says, Hey, sorry about jumping into and out of the Discord. I keep hearing you guys talk about it, but I didn't know what it was. Once I figured it out and I didn't know what to say, uh, that's the end of that sentence. Um, <laughs> I don't have a modern phone, believe it or not, so I had to figure it out on a computer. I listened to you guys while driving a truck via an old iPod that was my daughter's. To be honest, I'm pretty terrible with technology in general and rarely get on my computer, which is also my daughter's old one. Anyhow, I've been a fan of role-playing since the 70s, but really got into them when the NES came out with games like Ultima and Final Fantasy. SNES is my favorite era, but I also have a 3DO and a PlayStation. Uh, but cards were my favorite, and recently I've been playing a lot of reproduction ones of games that never made it here. Bahamut Lagoon, Terranigma, Secret of Mana 2. It's cool that they can make that stuff now for such an old system. Anyway, maybe I'll see you on the Discord, but it honestly just makes me nervous. I read some comments, and it made me feel like I'm a relic. I'm too old to keep up with the discourse, and half the games, etc. you were talking about I haven't played. Hell, it took me forever just to figure out how to send a GIF. <laughs> but I still love listening to you guys. It makes long hauling overnight feel a lot less lonely. Lonely. So even if I don't get back on there, no, I am listening. And thank you for reading my emails. And sorry to be insulting of Travis, but he's just an easy target. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for the email, Doug. You don't have to apologize uh, for not being in the Discord. It's completely optional. I know we like we push it every episode, but that's just because. Uh, I'm a loser and I have no friends in real life. And this is the only community of people that I really talk to. So well, it's, just, it's nice to have like new people to talk to every once in a while. It's nice to have like opinions on things that like I can't talk to about with anybody else. Like that's the whole reason I looked, I found this place and you guys made this thing was, um, 
just to have someone to talk about RPGs with, because like any like, I don't know anybody else in my my bubble that will even know about this kind of stuff. There's one like one other guy, and he like doesn't play RPGs that often. He mostly plays like PUBG and shit. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to like find someone that just like basically plays RPGs. Yeah. And Doug, I feel you. Like, or Doug, if you wanna uh, just lurk, that's fine too. You don't have to say anything. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, he, but he also said he he feels like out of place trying to keep track of stuff. But I promise, there's at least one person, probably Blaine, in there who has played a lot of the old stuff. And yeah. so, if you ever get on there, or if if you feel like if you ever feel like getting on there and talking about the old stuff, nobody's gonna be like you, fucking fossil, get the hell out of here. Uh, if anything, people are like, what the hell are you talked about? I'm interested in what this is now. Let me look it up. Right. Yeah. There might be some stuff that like you bring up that we didn't know about. And be like, oh, that'd be cool to figure out, you know. Yeah, but uh, I also understand that it's a bit of a issue for you to get onto Discord because you said that you have to use it on a computer and you have a, probably a flip phone, which doesn't have stuff, which is, I prefer flip phones anyway, so good for you. Uh, so it's cool, like, it's, don't feel pressured, like I said, to get in here, get onto the Discord, it's fine. Uh, and you are correct that Travis is an easy target. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny as shit getting a reaction out of him because he's just mad at everything. Yeah. So he's like a porcupine, I guess, like prickly fucking on, against everybody. Yeah. But when I first started talking to him on Discord, I thought he was just a troll, honestly. Yeah. And Brent was going to kick him out. He's like, this dude's <laughs> fucking trolling. I'm going to ban this guy. Uh, but he's, he calmed down, so yeah. it's fine. At least he's not a, like a pedophile or nothing like some people are. So it's cool. <laughs> uh,. So anyway, <laughs> back to the closing out of the show. Uh, that was a whole Discord thing. Went through the email. So uh, yes, as evidenced by Doug Kent, we do have email. It's rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. Not the rpgshowpodcast at gmail.com, I guess, which is what people are still emailing stuff to. Because mm. uh, that was the, the other email that was on that yeah. advertising thing, right? Yeah, because my my email is connected to the podcast um, website, um, like the R S S feed is connected to my. Email. Oh, okay. So that's probably how they gave me the email, and then I think the, I don't, I think the other maybe there's two emails connected to it. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, the original RPG show uh, emails, it was Brent's, and I don't, we don't know how to get to into it, so. I guess I should probably see if I can change it on the website then. I don't know how that works. Well, I changed but... it to mine. What's that? I think I changed it to mine. That's what it was. For the RSS feed. But yeah, but maybe this is like tied to I, I, iPod, oh, iPad, Apple service, iTunes, whatever that is. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. I don't. I have no fucking idea. I don't handle any of this stuff. That's all you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, we do have an Amazon affiliate link. You can click it, I think, in the Discord description, or the uh, show description, rather. I think we have it on Discord, too. Um, uh, I don't think anybody uses it, so it's like, whatever, but it's just there if you want to buy shit and give us, like, a couple pennies. Yeah, I used it the other day. Like, I think we get, uh, like, enough to, like, do, like, a $10 gift card for Amazon every year. So, uh... Next time that pops up, I'll give it to one of you two because I think I I don't remember if I used the last one or not. It's just there. I don't like I don't check the thing very often. 
Um, and it's like, oh, it's not that much. And uh, usually when I buy stuff, I guess this is, don't tell anybody that I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I buy shit through the Amazon RPG link. So even though my name's on the account or whatever, I'm not supposed to be doing that. I guess because yeah. it's like whatever how it works. But you just said it's it, whatever. Fuck it. Like it's like it's like like I said like it's like ten dollars a year total that we get kicked back or whatever. So it's not like a, it's I'm robbing that much from fucking Jeff Bezos. Right. So whatever. Uh, I guess that's it. So if you want to listen to our friends Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast, uh, we definitely recommend you check them out. Uh, good guys. Uh, they do a lot of good content, uh, or so I've been told, because I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, you can also check out uh, our uh, co-host Kevin here and Blaine from Is It Worth It? Uh, they do the video games, the movie podcast, and I do believe they just put out an episode a couple like a week ago. Yeah, uh, new guy or whatever it's called, with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's right. Okay, how was that? By the way, was it okay? Yeah, it was better than average. Like, not great, but better than average. Okay, cool. I, I mean, I wasn't mad. I watched it. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. It was good enough. All right. That's not too bad, then. Yeah. Uh, and as always, uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>